it's been perhaps convenient here, and I don't see her, but to quickly welcome uh, Miss Elizabeth Charles. Uh, I'm not seeing any response, so she's probably not in the room, but for the, for the, for the purposes of all present, and especially for the media, Mr. Justice Williams to you. Mr. Justice Williams has reported to me that is an ex not extremely big because um, there's something that needs to be said about the criminal division, and I have, you know, let us say about the judiciary. We have extraordinary power, but we neither control the purse. Sandra all the time is here with the cold heart through. She's the ears and the eyes for me and you. Every day, everyone want to hear from Sandra. And every time on the air, she's getting better. Tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your mama, call Sandra. In the morning and in the evening, they always calling, calling Sandra. And when they start fighting, they calling Sandra. And That's right, folks. Everyone is telling their mama about the cold hard truth. Welcome to another episode with more truth telling, more problem solving, and of course, more tea spilling than ever before. Sit back, students, grab your tea and turn up the volume because class is now in session. Call in at 936-2626 because your voice matters. Share your opinion on issues that matter the most to you. Happy, happy Friday. How's everybody doing today? Fabulous, I hope. Hello. Walk on. All right, hold on one second. Just getting all my little videos together for today. We're going to have a continuation of yesterday's discussion. So I'm just grabbing some of my video links. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Let's see who's with us this beautiful Friday morning. I'm going to go ahead and send out a warm welcome to all of our um, online listeners. Good morning to everybody listening on Bobo 89.1 FM. 
And also we've got people on uh, Instagram. Hi, Instagram. How y'all doing over there, honey chill? Um, good morning to everybody on Facebook. I see you. And of course, to everyone on YouTube as well. Looks like y'all kind of um, falling asleep a little bit this morning. Where is everybody? I can tell when y'all slow to move, honey child, because the numbers are reflecting it. Mm-hmm. Let me scooch my little tea over closer. And um, I got some nice fresh water for the morning as well. Let me see here now. Turn on my camera. Woo, honey child. Look at that. Hello. Hello. Good morning. All right. Let's see who we got with us. We have this beautiful morning. Shaka Zulu. Hello. Says good morning, Auntie Sandy and CMR Fam Fam. Miss Juanita's in the house. Miss Vernice. Vernita. Ervelyn is here. Damaris. Kevin says, I'm here listening on the radio. Big smile on his face. Hi, Kevin. Car Cruz. Good morning to you. We've got Leroy in the house. Leroy, weren't you supposed to call me this week and remind me about some donuts or something? Not that I need them, but I'm just saying. I was kind of waiting for your phone call. Actually, I'm not really a big donut person, but I got to tell you all about some donuts that are like amazing. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't because we're supposed to still be on our New Year's resolution, right? Trying to lose some weight. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, they've got some with like, it's a tres leche donut. I tried some at um, the Taste of Cayman by Water Water Elephant, Water and Elephant. Um, that's the one next to Pico. And then you know who also makes a really, I've never made a donut before, but man, these are next level. Um, who also makes a really, really good one is, um, mm-hmm, hold on now, Island Taste. They do donuts with like same sort of, caramel filling and stuff on the inside and they are amazing all those are baked locally so y'all go check them out honey child treat yourself to a little donut when you're cheating on your diet good morning marva mills how are you olivia's here wee wee in the house pat miss linda you're nice and early this morning so good to see you Haley, front and center of the classroom marcia siobhan good morning Hilda says, good, happy Friday, everyone. All right, Leroy, I'm waiting for you. Felicia Rankin says, good morning, Sandy. Patricia Blake says, good morning, everyone. Happy weekend. Aliano, how are you? So it's Friday. I didn't comb my hair today. I find that sometimes that's actually the best thing to do. Don't comb it. When I wake up in the mornings, um, I just kind of take it out of my little bun and just kind of move it around a little bit. And then it actually kind of keeps my curls. Because when I comb it, I tend to comb out the curls. So that's why I have a few little curls today. Because I didn't really brush it out. If I brush it out, the curls are going to come out. So um, you guys will know that um, I... Uh, huh. Wait a minute. You guys will know that um, mm-hmm. I 
Oh, child, I can't remember that. Okay. So you guys will know that a couple years ago, gosh, it's been a couple years now, I think, well over a year ago, I started my whole um, natural hair journey. Now, natural hair journey does not mean it has to be an Afro or, you know, uncontrollable. Because, child, I don't know nothing about hair. I can't, I don't own a curl. Well, I might, do I own a curl and I? I don't think I do. I buy these things and I've never used a curl and iron in my entire life. I know nothing about these things. I'm the last person in the world. Um, they always get me though when I'm walking in the mall and they're like, oh, this is going to make your life so easy and you don't have to do, and it's cold to the touch. So I'm like, oh, well, that's good because then that means that I'm not going to burn myself. So I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it. Brand new, sitting in the cupboard, still sitting in the case, still sitting in the packaging. I never use it. It's like the brush that also can like curl at the same. I don't even know. So um, I don't use these things, although I must admit that unfortunately I might buy them and then store them forever and then eventually give them away. But I was like, you know what? I want to stop relaxing my hair, you know, all these chemicals that we use and stuff like that. So I went on the journey. Big shout out to Rocio. She was right there with me, honey child. She's like, well, that means that we're going to have to cut a lot of this off. I was like, oh, Jesus. I can't deal with short hair because I'm so useless with my hair. Like I just need to be able to pull it back in one. So short hair for me is a struggle because that means I got to do something with it. Right. Anyway, we cut it. It was pretty short for a minute. Y'all probably remember. And so there's been no relaxing. This is all like new unrelaxed growth. She does a treatment in it for me, blow dry it. And then we might like flat iron it, but that's it. So, um, I actually do have curls, but to really make those come out, you know, that means I have to sleep in curlers. And guess what? I ain't doing that, honey, chill. Ooh, honey, the things y'all do for beauty, I can't even. Ugh, it's too much work and gives you a headache while you're trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. So this is the most I'm going to do. I just put it up in my little bun and one at night so I'm not as hot because it gets hot. And then I'm, I just take it out and I kind of finger through whatever's there. So it doesn't look too shabby, to be honest. And then after the show, I'll put it right back in one and be about my business. Uh, today's my Earth Strong. Oh, happy birthday, Alejandro. So I got a little extra love on it today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Listening here in the back of the class. Oh, happy birthday. Everybody wish everybody in a class A. Together, por favor, can we all say feliz cumpleaños to Alejandro? Happy birthday, Alejandro. Hope you have a fantastic day. Um, should we ask how young he is today? Uh, oh, somebody says I need to eat the one at Georgetown Yacht Club. Really? The donut? You know, as much as I go, because I do go to Georgetown Yacht Club fairly frequently because I do enjoy their food, actually, and it's good, close location, all that fun stuff. As much as I go there, I must say that I have never, I, I tried their dessert once, but for me, mm, like if I'm going to waste calories on dessert, you better be bringing it pretty good because I love my desserts, honey, chill. That's why Thai Orchid, oh my God, the other day, I went to Thai Orchid a couple of days ago for lunch. First time in the new year. And um, y'all know I love my sticky toffee. So everything on their dessert menu pretty much is phenomenal. I'm not like a mango person when it comes to the mango being ripe and sweet. So I don't like the mango desserts. 
but everything there is like phenomenal. They they do a great job. I don't know who their pastry chef is, but they do a phenomenal job. And I had um, this would have been on Wednesday actually. So I went to the court grand opening and I had like a little um, something off of their table, like some cheese and whatever. Not very much, but by the time I went to lunch shortly after that, I was kind of full. So I just had a salad and I can't remember. I think I had a starter and then I had no room for dessert. So the guy's like, oh my God, you don't want sticky toffee? The first visit of the year. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so full that if I eat any, number one, it's going to be gluttonous but not like we haven't been gluttonous before, let's be honest. And number two, I just didn't have, I was like, I want to enjoy it. Like if I eat it now, I'm going to be overstuffing myself and I'm not going to enjoy it as much. I want to be able to savor it, honey chow. Good food is like an experience for me. It's like life. You know, I don't want to just eat it just because. I'm like, I need to be able to enjoy that, my darling. Mm. Looking at Patima, yum, 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 yum. So I haven't had dessert, good dessert this week yet. We'll see how it goes. All right. Good morning to all the beautiful people on Instagram. Miss Julie Mango. Good morning, honey chow. She says, morning, Auntie Sandy. Good morning to you, my darling. Where are the rest of you with your manners? How come Instagram people not got no manners? Say good morning, every one of you. Gabriella Rose, girl in the sky with diamonds, self-made. Ooh, you got diamonds? Maybe we need to talk. That girl, AJ, totally not a scammer. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Lynette, good morning. We need some more interaction from these Instagram folks. They're like, we're, we're here behaving. We got Simply Weddings. Good morning. Lammy Guy. Miss, what is this one? McLeod Stacian. Paula Turner. Hmm. Peterkin. Hello, Peterkin. How are you? All right. Um, good morning to Raymond. Janelle, good morning. Uh, Alba, buenos dias. Como esta? She says, um, happy Friday. Estoy in Cuba. Oh, you're in Cuba. Nice. Beautiful. Are you originally from Cuba? Are you a Cubana? Oh, Cuba, some memories. I can't go now though, because I don't want them to be taking my um my UK Esther. And apparently that's what they're doing. Um, there's been a change in relations between Cuba and the US. So now if the US knows that you have traveled to Cuba, which apparently they keep tracks on you, they will revoke your ability to get an ESTA. And then you have to apply for a US visa. And then if you apply for the U.S. visa, they're actually turning people down. I know someone, professional lawyer, Caymanian, blah, 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 applied for his U.S. visa after they took the ESTA um, rights from him and they turned him down and he's supposed to be traveling for a conference for like work and stuff. And he couldn't go. I was like, what? Wow, what an inconvenience. I mean, you know, I got to be able to go and do my little shopping trips, honey, chill. So God knows. I'm uh, not going to be taking that chance. So Cuba, been good knowing you. Been there a handful of times. Um, I think we still have some relatives there, but I don't really know them. So I'm not going to worry about that. But I ain't going. No, no, and no. Mm -mm. 
I need access to the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Hilda's wishing happy birthday to uh, Alejandro, Miss Linda joining us from Bermuda. Also wishing him a happy birthday. Leroy says he's only 12 years old. <laughs> what a mess. No, 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 no. Miss Dean, good morning. Stephen Nicholson came out and living in the UK. Stephen, speaking of hair transformations, I couldn't help but notice that your profile picture is showing your hair. When did you, when did you go to, um, I guess those are dreadlocks. Is that what that is? It's hard to see on the little profile picture here, but looks like you've gone full dread, man. They look like you're growing long too. When did that transformation happen? That's pretty cool. I don't know if I could do dreads. So it looks like it takes a lot of time if you want to do it right and not have it looking all ugh and nappy and whatever. Like you got to really make sure you're, you know, freshening them up a lot. Mm, child, I don't got time for that. Good morning, Miss Dawn and Alice. Rough C says, lighters up, Alejandro, mo fire. Oh, you're not going to worry about that. I'm pretty sure Alejandro smokes enough to... <laughs> no need to encourage him to smoke anymore. I can assure you of that. Denise, good morning, darling. Miss Orlean, how are you? She says, good morning, Sandy and everyone. One love, so good to see you. Um, Live says, good morning. I must say yesterday's show and education was so good and motivating. Please do a part two on it. Well, I I'm not, you're in luck today, Live, because I'm not quite finished with yesterday's thoughts. They're still ruminating in my brain. So we will definitely be talking about it. Aliano, good morning. Say, Miss, save your money, travel elsewhere. Uh, where? Other than where? Ooh, I got some big trips coming up this year. Well, I'm trying to plan um, something for my daughter's birthday because she wants to do something fun in August. So I got to start saving my little pennies for that. And then October, I'm going on vacation again, two weeks. So y'all mark your calendar from now. And um, that's going to be another big trip halfway around the world. I'm so excited. Travel. I wish I could just travel full time. Oh, God. It would be so amazing. Except I don't like airports. I don't like going through the rigmarole of like security and patting you down. And blah, blah. But you know what? If I was a person of financial means and I could just be like, I don't know. Just let me in <laughs> with, with no security. I would be there. I'd be like, yes. Oh, I love seeing places and seeing what they're up to and all that kind of good stuff. So yesterday we were talking about, you know, as Caymanians, how we do have a sense of entitlement that I'm not sure. I saw Al's comment and Al said he'd always wonder, Al Banks. he said that he'd always wonder why we feel so entitled. And I think part of it is because we're small. And I, I get the encroachment. Listen, I have felt it and I, and I do get it. Um, and so I know that sometimes, you know, we get very, very emotional about it. And that's why I love to travel and talk to other people. And it really broadens my horizon when I see other people complaining about the exact same thing. You know, like when I was in Greece, there were little places in Greece, like, oh, like, we're just a small little town and, you know, everybody's encroaching on us. But yet we want the tourism dollar. We want this. Everybody wants the benefits of certain types of, um, you know, lifestyles, if you will, but they don't want the downside that comes with that. 
You all want the benefits of, of what comes with development and the money that flowed through this country for so many years. But you want it on your own terms. And I'm not necessarily saying that you shouldn't be able to have some say in that. But um, sometimes you literally cannot have your cake and eat it too. You've got to decide what you're willing to sacrifice and um, just stick with it. But, you know, national pride is very, very important. But I think the line between national pride and entitlement is often very, very thin. So I'm all about national pride. Love our history, love our people, love where we've come from. But there are things that we need to do to make sure that um, we are making this a better place for us. But it's not that you just sit back and say those things and that's enough. Like that, that just isn't enough. You know, we've got to be about the dedication that it takes, the self-discipline that it takes. And, um, you know, to me, I think we've lost a lot of that. So we, we expect to have things just put in our lap just because we are Caymanian. And I think that's a problem. And elsewhere in the world, nobody's going to be holding your hand. I remember when I first moved to the U.S. as a child, nobody even knew where the Cayman Islands were. They were like, where? Who? The Bahamas? You know what they knew in the Caribbean? The only place they knew was the Bahamas and Jamaica. They're like, is that Jamaica? And poor little me, at the age of nine, I was like, uh, no. It's the Cayman Islands. Like, why would I tell you it's the Cayman Islands if it's Jamaica? They're like two different countries. Well, y'all know Americans. A lot of them have never traveled. They're not the brightest. They don't have the exposure. So they had no clue where um, Cayman was, literally on the map. Is it the Bahamas? I would roll my eyes and be like, no, it's not the Bahamas. Do y'all know where Cuba is? And a lot of them knew where Cuba was, Florida. I was like, okay, we're like here compared to Cuba. And then they're like, oh, okay. I remember when Cayman Airways first started flying into Tampa way back in the, I was in the 80s sometime. And um, they used to have that commercial, Those Who Fly Us Love Us. And they played it. It got a lot of airplay back in the day. So not long after that, whenever I'd mentioned that I was from the Cayman Islands, people would be like, oh. Then they'd start bursting out into the song about those who love us, those who fly us love us. I was like, oh, Lord. I'm not sure what was more annoying, not knowing or having to listen to that song so much. Um, Haley says on the locks, time and patience are not for the weak. So, um, Steven says yes for a while now. Maintenance is like two to three hours in a chair. You see, I could not do it. Mm-mm. Mr. Seal will tell y'all I'm a, I'm a quick person when it comes to my hair. I ain't got that time in the day. I'm just like, um, uh, what? Uh, two to three hours? Woo. Uh, Nikki, we'll get to that question here in a second. Good morning, Miss Dean. Good morning to the beautiful Debbie. She says good morning to Zeus only. <laughs> He's not in here today. But um, he is so funny. That dog knows what time the show ends because he comes looking for me right at 1030. And he also apparently knows how to knock and scratch at the door to say, let me in. So Rough Seas says, I thought if Caymanians go to Cuba, we can't go and visit America. Well, they have 
Um, before, because Cuba doesn't normally stamp your passport, you get like a little visa and they do that piece of paper. But somehow um, they now know, even if they do that, they now know that you've traveled um, into Cuba. And I'm assuming that you've traveled on your um, UK passport as opposed to your Cayman passport, like if you have both. Hmm. But a few people have ran into this situation, so I'm not taking any chances. Like I said, Cuba's all right. I mean, you know, like I said, it's for Cubans. And there were things about it that I found so incredibly interesting in terms of their history and their culture. And I enjoyed going and learning about um, Cuba. And I enjoyed meeting the cousins from afar, saying, hello. No, I'm not sending you any money, but hello. And... um. You know, it's not worth it to me. <laughs> the first time I was there, it was actually Denny and I. We went as friends to Cuba. And child, Denny, do you remember the Cuban guy who was trying to marry me off? Like, oh, do you want to have children? Do you want to get married? I was like, dude, I just met you. What the what? I don't know you. Oh, let me buy you some flowers. I said, oh, yes, that's going to impress me. He was her translator. So we actually had a translator and he worked for the Cuban government. And it's so interesting to understand their perspective and what they think and how uh, they see their own government. And, you know, he was actually employed as a translator for Fidel's government. Um, so, you know, he was probably in a little bit of a better position than many, but those poor people, what a life. Um, but then he... <laughs> I mean, he was nice enough and all, but I was not going there looking for a husband. You can believe that. And so I remember um, a couple of years after that, I had been to Cuba on my own several times. And um, I decided to look him up. And I said, oh, I'm going to um, message him and say, hey, I'm in Cuba. You know, if you want to say hello, because he was driving us around the first trip. And then after that, I'm like, oh, I get it. I get the, a little bit of the layout of Havana. I'm good. You know, I know how to take a Coco taxi now and all this kind of stuff. So I just messaged him to say, hey, I'm going to be in Cuba for a few days if you want to, like, grab lunch. I was with some girlfriends or whatever. And honey, chow, in typical Spanish men fashion, they can be so possessive. It's like, ew, it's turn off for independent women who don't really need them for nothing. He uh, called me at the place that I was staying because I said, oh, you know, I'm going to be staying with this lady. Like, I've been staying with her a few times. Honey, chow, this man wanted to know how was I coming to Cuba without looking him up the last couple of trips and why doesn't he know anything? I was like, what? You're my boyfriend or something, Noah? Mm -mm. The control for somebody that you don't even know. It was so weird. I was like, why are you asking me? Why did I look you up? When I, I don't know if it was, maybe, you know, I tried to give him the benefit of that. Maybe it was just a language thing, but he was coming across a bit aggressive for me. I was like, dude, you need to pump the brakes, honey chow. So I remember Miss, um, I wonder if she's still alive. Gosh, I haven't been to Cuba in a couple of years. I don't even know if she's still alive. Miss Marta is her name. She had a nice little place that she was renting out. This was like kind of Airbnb style. So uh, before Airbnb, you know. So he was, I was on the phone with him, you know, traditional phones, not a cell phone, traditional house line, he called. And um, child, I was like, oh my God, like seriously. So Miss Marta could see the distress on my face because, you know, I can't hide nothing on my face. I was like, oh, my God, this dude, like, WTF, like, seriously? 
So she came and got the phone and said to him in Spanish, hey, get off the phone. Leave the girl alone. She's busy. She's not going to have time for you. Blah, 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 blah. Adios. <laughs> I was like, Phew. thank you for saving me, Marta. She's like, oh, he's local. And I said, yes, honey, chill. Mm, he had to like meet him about to get married. So um, the interesting thing um, about Cuba, well, one of the things that I really, really enjoyed about Cuba was, um, of course, I'm a foodie. So, you know, I'm always looking for interesting food. Uh, they had some really good ice cream at this little shop right um, across from Havana University. I forget what it was called now. But I enjoyed, I'm not a coffee person. I don't drink coffee. But in the mornings, I actually don't even like the smell of coffee. It actually makes me physically sick. Like I can't stand coffee smells at all. So when I go in the coffee shop, it's a quick in and out to grab a hot chocolate or something, right? So Miss Marta and her little, you know, $25 a day stay, she includes fresh breakfast for you. And it's like she goes to the market, gets the fresh eggs and the fresh cheese, and everything just tastes so different. Even the fruit tastes different. And I'm going to tell you, it was the best breakfast. It's like nothing fancy, but the best tasting breakfast um, that I want, like one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. Simple but yet so flavorful and fresh and the fruits were fresh. Everything was just like amazing. And then learning like how they revere cows for milk production, cheese production. Beef is a luxury. They eat a lot of pork. And I find that a lot of Spanish countries, like even Panama, when I went to Panama, they eat a lot of pork and stuff as well, which my husband loves. I'm very, very cautious when I travel eating pork though. Cause you know, if you don't cook pork properly, Oh, honey, child, you can get that. Uh, they, they can carry parasites that'll get in your brains and all kind of stuff and kill you. Um, yes, I've watched too many episodes of the monsters inside me, but still, it's true. So you have to be very, very careful with like pork products and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I, I like Cuba. It's interesting. And it, it's so sad to see the level of poverty and stuff that's there. Especially when you go, I mean, Havana definitely has pockets of it. But even when you go outside of Havana, we did like a lot of tours in the countryside and seeing a lot of different things. And I remember the Mocha Hotel where they had this massive tree that they decided when they were building the hotel, they were not going to cut down the tree. So literally they built the hotel around the tree. So it's like in the middle of the hotel. Um, we went and had lunch with some of the like village people one day. So I like to do excursions. Like I'm all about, yes, let's book excursions. You know, let me see off the beaten path kind of stuff as well. Um, very, very poor. You know, you go to the cigar factory and the poor people outside begging you for like a little quarter or whatever, anything showing you they don't have any shoes on their feet. Oh my God. So sad. Oh, those poor people, but. I can only do so much. And unfortunately, I, I certainly can't solve Cuba's problems. Um, Panama was a very interesting experience. I think I want to go to Panama again soon. I might do a Panamanian trip this year. Because the last time we were there, Marla and I went. And that was actually one of our first trips together as a couple. We did Honduras and we did Panama. I think we did, did we do Honduras first or Panama first? I can't remember. I think Honduras first. And then we did Panama. I got so sick in Panama. 
something I ate, oh my God, all night long I was in the bathroom. Now I have a sensitive stomach, so I do have to kind of watch certain foods. I think it was actually the pork. I told y'all don't be careful eating pork. I think I had some pork dish at a restaurant and man, it made me so violently ill. I actually had to send Marlon the following morning to the pharmacy to try to get something to settle my stomach. And of course, he no speakily, no espanol, none at all. And so I was like trying to do translation to write it down and tell him, just say, por favor, yo necesito, you know, whatever. And he was like, mm, just write it down. I'll show him the piece of paper. <laughs> so, oh my God. Um, ugh. But other than that, I really, really enjoyed Panama. Panama was... Um, we went to the canal, we did, but they hadn't yet completed the, the, I think they had started, but they hadn't completed the upgrades on the canal. So I want to go now that it's finished, because I think it is finished. I want to go and see exactly what that looks like. But the canal is just like phenomenal. It's just amazing what humans have been able to do, really and truly. I mean, an architectural, engineering, design, just completely, completely amazing. So Panama, I'd like to go again. Um, and you know, now that we have those direct flights on, why not? You know, it's not that far away. Hmm. Um, thank you, uh, Stephen. He says, yes, it's quite, um, he quite enjoys the time, self-love and pampering. Oh God, you do it yourself. That's even worse as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All right. So somebody else shares about the passport situation. They said the U.S. immigration knows your last number of visits to foreign countries via global pre-check system. You ever notice you don't have to fill out immigration forms anymore? That's because of pre-flight check that goes on in the background. Oh, okay. Yes. I've always wondered why that changed. So they just know? Hmm. So this person who works in the industry says, yes, when you put in the passenger's date of birth, it automatically goes to TSA. I'm assuming that's how they know who travels to Cuba. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, well, like I said, I'm not taking any chances. Um, someone says, good morning, Sandy and everyone. A special uh, one to my ex-co-workers, taxi drivers. Um, I dreamt 10 ships were in port, sail night and I hope so they'll make a lot of money hmm happy birthday to um Tyrone uh Yen happy birthday to you wishing you all the best yesterday was Cece's birthday I forgot to even mention in the show Cindy welcome everybody knows her Cece um wishing her a very very happy birthday oh geez I'm peace Today's going to be Consumer Friday, so we'll get to this video. Oh, Lord, this one doesn't look too good. Hot mess. Lord Jesus. Lord God. Mm. Stay tuned for that one. That looks like a hot mess. Um, you Oh, uh, Leroy, you have a U.S. passport? Damien, since, since the last 25 years, the UN and every country has voted to lift the embargo, and Israel and the US are the only ones that keep it going. If we got cut off from the US and other countries, we'd be in a dire state also. Hmm. That's what happens. The big boys controlling the playground. Good morning, um, Kaiman Kain, Miss um, Romelia. Have a blessed day. 
Cuba flight now is only for work permit holders traveling from the east. No one is traveling except Cubans and expats who can't go through the U.S. I wonder how that impacts Cayman Airways. I must say, though, um, they the Cubans themselves, uh, apparently that route is a very lucrative route, I've been told, for Cayman Airways, because when they travel, um, even like going... Like, it always delayed the Sunday flight, if you do a late Sunday flight coming out of Miami, because I think the Cuban flight was earlier in the day. But I've been told that they were always loaded with stuff. They had a lot of baggage, bag baggages. They had a lot of baggage. And, um, yeah, they were happy to pay for that. So I'm like, okay. Um, inspiring says the situation now in Cuba is not the best. They are one of the poorest, if not the poorest country in the world. Uh, they don't have food. And I know since COVID and everything, it's gotten worse because, you know, a lot of them did survive on tourism and travel and all of that impacted, you know, the people who really, really relied on that heavily and even more, um, you know, just really had such a hard time. You, you guys got me thinking about my little lady there, Marta. I wonder how she's doing. Let me... I'm going to message her on Facebook and say hello. Uh, Marta's guest house. Oh, she's updated it. Vacation rental. Let me see. When was the last time? But she posts. Oh, she hasn't posted since 2020. <gasps> I wonder if Marta's still alive. Oh, my God. The website's not working. Oh, no. Oh, you know, she was already up in age. She was such a nice lady. Well, I see a picture in September 2022, so maybe. She was very, very nice. I liked Marta a lot. Um, you know, the place was nice. It was on, I forget what floor, 12th floor, 13th, some floors. And, uh, you know, she had it really situated nice. Um, I was amazed at how so many of their buildings, despite their level of poverty and stuff like that, so many of their buildings had marble floors. Like that was the norm there. Um, but what I liked about her, it was safe. And she really looked after us as single women. Like she would advise us of where to go and what not to do. And, and then we, the first time I went, I stayed at a traditional hotel, overpriced, talking about, oh, we're four stars. I'm like, four stars, my rear end. Four stars in what language? You know, I find that there is a difference um, between, you know, four stars, maybe or five stars in America, five, four or five stars in Europe and other places in the world. I was not impressed, impressed with their so-called four stars in Cuba. I was like, honey, child, it's not a four stars. It's more like one star, two star. Anyway. Um, so then I would go to the hotels and I would go, cause they were all at walking distance. El Presidente Hotel. And I forget what the other one's called. Like, like the one right on La Rampa, you know, they're all walking distance. You can walk. And so I would go there and then book my day tours, which was kind of nice. Um, and then go around and see, you know, but her place was very, very, uh, clean and, you know, safe and everything. So, hmm. 
I'm going to message her on Facebook and see how she's doing. I don't see too many social media posts. That has me a little bit worried. All right. Uh, K Menskine says, take me to Panama with you, honey chat. Didn't you just get back from Panama? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Aliano says, oh, yes, love me some chicharron. I don't eat chicharron. I don't eat it. I don't like it. Yuck. Fried pork. No, thanks. Um, Inspiring says their, their situation can tell why so many come on boat. No, it's desperate for sure. That's next level poverty. Um... So, uh, K Mankind says, honey child, not if your pre-book, um, not if pre-book has any say, we're hardly making anything. Our tours are all booked out. No one listens. Speaking of taxis and tours, somebody sent me, I'm going to post it up later on today. I'm a little bit behind with some of my messages. I must admit I've got about a hundred Facebook messages. I need not Facebook, but WhatsApp messages I need to read and get caught up on, but someone um, sent me a thing showing where a taxi was actually doing tour services and they don't have a tour license. So they're like, Sandy, this isn't fair. Um, you know, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, their internet sucks, says Irvlin. Um, it's not the best in the world, but it's so funny because they got, they got, um, 3G, I think it was back in the day. Was it 3G? Before we did, and I thought that, that was kind of ironic. I'm like, how did Cuba get 3G before it came in? <laughs> Ooh, what a hot mess. All right, let's talk about the courthouse situation. So a few comments came in yesterday that I didn't get a chance to, um, to mention in the show. So this person says it was a lucrative flight because of Cuban-Americans who had to fly to Cuba via Cayman since the U.S. allowed direct flights with less restrictions and conditions, Cal was losing money, hence why the drastically reduced number of flights and frequency. Oh. Uh, this person says where they make the money, and this person should know, is on the bags from the Cuban flight. So that's true. Because uh, like I said, they carry a lot of, um, a lot of pa parcels and packages and whatever. So, okay. So a few messages that came in yesterday. Let me read some of these. Um, this person said, uh, da, da, da. don't forget the religious fundamentalism that is entrenched in the public school system. Priority is given to teachers who will enforce fundamentalist Christianity over academic achievement. A principal giving exorcisms to an eight-year-old child in school because she thought they might be gay is what our public school system prioritizes over academics. Am well, I, I can't disagree with that. Um, speaking of the school system, just an update an FYI, you guys might have seen that the teacher who was accused of, um, you know, kicking a five year old child, a year one child, has been exonerated. They've said that she, well, I'm, I'm confused by what they've said. So let, let me read the message because this is where, again, I think that our standards of how these types of investigations are handled should really be improved significantly. So give me one second. I want to show you all this message. First of all, the author of this message 
Can we use the word faced? Eh? Yes, honey, chill. Him faced the bad. But anyway, you'll see why I say that here in a second. Just hold on. So I got this message yesterday evening from Dave Howell. Um, hello. Oh gosh, hold on. Somebody want me to read their messages. Hold on, hold on. I got multiple things going on here all at the same time. Uh... Mm -hmm. All right. So um, not for nothing, but yesterday we had a perfect show with no audio interruptions. So we're hoping that the problem has been resolved. And... Um, we uh we'll see how that goes um okay so um okay uh-huh all right all right folks so um mm-hmm Oh, yeah. So this message went out yesterday. And um, Dave, what's his name? What, how old did I just tell you his name is? Hold on. Let me get the message. So he has sent out this message. And it looks like a chat group where he's basically saying um, that this is what he said. Hold on one second. Good evening, parents. I'm pleased to advise that the incident involving one of her teachers and a student last term has been concluded following a complete investigation by the MASH team involving the RCIPS and DCFS. At the conclusion of the investigation, the teacher was cleared of all accusations made against them and has now resumed duties at PPS. We wish the teacher well. This brings to a conclusion this incident and there will be no further commentary on it from the PTA. So... Can somebody tell me who Dave Howell is? Because I'm a little bit confused by this statement. When he says that there'll be no more commentary on it from the PTA, is he the PTA president? Does he represent the PTA? Is that why he's saying that the PTA, I mean, I'm assuming he's saying the PTA is satisfied with the investigation. I, I don't quite understand this message, to be honest. If he's not with the PTA, is he trying to tell the um, PTA that they can't talk about it anymore? Who Who is this dude? Can somebody please enlighten me here? All right, we got enlightenment already. Look at that. Dave Howell, good morning, Sandy. Dave Howell is um, a policeman and from Barbados. So what does he have to do with, with Prospect Primary? He's the school police person or what? Um, is he on the PTA? Is he the PTA president? I'm still a little bit confused about who he is. Okay. Um. So I need some clarification on that though, because how you read this depends certainly on what his position is. Right? Because I get the sense that he's like, oh, don't talk about this anymore. Mr. 
Howell, whoever you are, people are free to talk about whatever they want. I mean, y'all are like, what is this? Dave, who? Dave is the PTA president. Who's Dave? Dad, Dave, who's that? I'm I'm confused. You can't tell people what to talk about. What is wrong with you people? Everybody wants to censor people. People can talk. If people want to talk about it as the PTA, that's their business. Oh, they're saying that he is he's a member of the PTA? Wait a minute. Um, he's the PTA president, has children attending. Okay, so he's saying that as PTA president, they're not going to talk about it anymore. Okay. Well, uh, the, I think this person says, I think his children is there and him and his wife is big on the PTA. Not sure what position they hold now. Well, the parents want to talk about it, Mr. Howell. They can talk about it all they want. This isn't really to my satisfaction because if you look at what this message says carefully, it says that the MASH unit and the RCAPS, DCFS, those are the government arms outside of education have concluded that there's not a criminal situation. He doesn't say that, but that's exactly what that means. So if mass unit isn't going to get involved, it's not because she didn't necessarily kick the child. It saying that they don't think this elevates to anything of a criminal or abusive nature. Did she kick the child or not? That's a very simple question. And I'm going to go back to what I said earlier in the week when I was talking about that UK teacher that used to be a principal here at SciFec, um, how you see how the UK and other jurisdictions, how they carry out investigations that involve children, that involve allegations um, against, you know, um, professionals in their positions as teachers. And so it's less than satisfactory to have this type of response being sent out. The Ministry of Education should be involved in these allegations and in these types of investigations. This is not the first time that this teacher has been alleged to have put hands or feet or something inappropriately on a child. So how is it that these types of allegations um, appear to be following this woman is a little bit perplexing to me. And so I think the people... The parents at Prospect Primary deserve a proper report and, um, you know, further information. But in typical Cayman style, they're not going to give you anything. And they expect you to just sit back and accept that, oh, well, MASH unit, you know, said it's fine. RCIPS not going to do nothing. Like, that's anything shocking. Um, I would have liked to have seen a full report. No reports for us. People trying to exercise your children, making them drink a substance that you don't even know what the substance is. You see, y'all got to be joking. That's why I can't fool with, with government schools, you know, because there'd have to be some level of accountability. Y'all would have to tell me what was in that substance before I go and lay hands on somebody. And I don't want to lay hands on nobody because Lord knows I wasn't built for jail life. But y'all going on with some serious slackness. Debbie says it would not uh, go so easy if it was my child. Trust and believe. I'm sorry. I would take matters into my own hand. Give her one B lick. (laughs) 
My aunt uses that term. Yeah, she want a, you know what, lick, a be lick. Yes, uh, Siobhan says, oh, so kicking the child isn't a crime. That's BS. That's not how you deal with a situation involving a young child. But I bet if the parent had done something, it would have been a crime then. And again, I mean, are they trying to say that she never kicked the child? Like, we don't, we don't know. Let's be very fair to them and even fair to this teacher. We do not know because they don't do a proper report and divulge any of the investigative details to the general public, which I think they should have to do. So who knows? Um, Damien, don't be scaring me. No? Talking about sound gone. Nope, I can hear it. <laughs> where's my head? Where's my headset? Sir? No, I think it's fine. Check your connection. All right. So, you know, there you go. She's back at work. Free to kick another child, I guess. Um, you know, Lord Jesus, please don't make don't make no teacher. Oh, Lord, please don't make no teacher think they can do that to my child. Because I really would not want to get out of sorts with anybody. And that you you have to believe that that would be the day. Mm, mm, mm. What a hot mess. Um, let me check my other messages over here. This person um, sent a video. What is this about? You got to tell me what these videos are about when you send them. All right. So um, let's move on. Another message from yesterday. Um, hold on now. Let me see. That was... Uh, was this one yesterday? Yes. So this one says... Um, in the Swiss system, children are given a test around the sixth grade, which puts them on the trade track or the university track. The Swiss ensure that people are motivated to take on the trade or hospitality track by ensuring salaries are high. People with specific skills that require more academic qualifications like doctors and lawyers are regularly recruited from neighboring countries like France and Germany. So may I ask um, why they're recruiting them? If they have this, um, you know, you're starting off in the sixth grade, which seems pretty young to me. Um, is it because they can't produce enough uh, doctors and lawyers? Because if it's the case that you were taking children in the sixth grade, and I got to be honest, that's super young. I don't know what kind of test exactly they're giving them to determine their... Uh, whatever acumen they may have towards the trades or anything else. But um, when you, when you do this test, are you, you're trying to say, put them on a track of either trade or university. Are you also not trying to figure out perhaps, and I think it's way too young at that age, but just saying for argument's sake, are you trying to not plan where the jobs are um, and where the need is in your community so that you're producing more doctors and lawyers and whatever else. Hmm. You know, one of the critical issues with a lot of countries to have to try to keep up is that there is this, this mismatching uh, of what the world needs versus what the schools and universities and countries by extension are also producing. So the whole career path, the concept of what is actually needed um, is a very, very interesting question. And you might be interested in a field that the world doesn't necessarily need. Um, I'm just saying, 
You know, the world, I don't know what the world doesn't need more of, but it depends on what it is that you want to do. Some people just want to try to follow their passion. They're like, listen, I don't care if I don't make any money, this, not the next thing. I just want to follow my passion. So, you know, if your passion doesn't pay the bills, then obviously you're going to be at a real disadvantage. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's difficult. And in this day and age, it's no longer the case where in the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and maybe even the 80s, that you picked a career path and you were expected to stay on that career path your entire life. Now they say that the average person will have anywhere between four to five sort of very distinct and different careers throughout their lifespan. And so what does that mean for you when you're thinking about, you know, what do I want to do? What do I, you know, do I want to go to university? Do I want to do a trade? And so on and so forth. I think the truth of the matter is you have to be flexible. You have got to be flexible in life. Okay. Let me say it as someone who has, as you can see from my wall, more pieces of paper than I can count. Yes, they're useful. They look good on the wall. And the, it's the experience of going through an academic program and living up to academic standards and performing, having to produce projects and papers and all this kind of stuff that kind of mold and shape you, right? But at the end of the day, um, I think that it certainly depends on what you choose to study and what you look at. Listen, I have a law degree on my wall. I have the professional practice certificate and I do not, I'm not a lawyer. I don't practice law and I'm not a lawyer, but you better believe that every single day that law degree comes in handy, even for what I do now in my current role, because it's one of those decrees and one of those subject areas that is broad enough that has, you know, applications across your entire life from the, from the minute you are born and you become a, a human being, you're a legal entity, your journey and your intersection and your continual, you know, warping into legal things starts. You become a person. You get a legal name. You have a birth certificate that's registered that identifies who you are and where you're from. You then, you know, what's your immigration status? Are you going to get a passport? Um, everything in life has legal elements to it, even up until your death and beyond. You die. Did you leave an estate? Did you leave a will? Are you intestate? Da, 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 da. Who did you leave it to? You know, something happens to you and they can't find the body. Well, let's declare them dead. There's like every little thing you do. Employment. Great. That's employment law. You go to the hospital. They take off the wrong leg. Possible liability. It's like every aspect of your life has some legal element to it. Child custody. You get married. That's a legal contract. You get a divorce. You have children. You have, you know, it's all, quite frankly, about the law. So I find that that's an amazingly useful degree, just as well as my first degree from USF in professional technical writing, speech communications. Hello. Of course, that's useful. You got to be able to know how to write something. Um, and then the trades, knowing a trade, doing an apprenticeship, those things are really, really important as well. And there's a lot of ones that, that cross over, intersect over. So it's interesting, like people, for example, 
who do IT, right? You have the element of, you know, you need to be able to have the hands-on and depends on what part of IT you might decide to specialize in. But if you're doing like security or networking systems and whatever, there's that whole hands-on element. So you can take short courses that will teach you specifically what you need to know about those things. And then there are people who do the broader computer science degrees and so on as well, so that they can certainly have um, that university um, degree, right? And it, it, you know, they go hand in hand because computer science, um, anything to do with PCs, technology in general is ever so evolving that even if you have a degree in that, you're always going to be keeping, trying to keep up with the latest thing. Uh, again, depending on it specifically what it is that you do uh, in your professional life. But to me, that's no different than being a lawyer. I think we've tried to differentiate between like university, traditional university degree programs and um, the trade schools. And to me, they're actually very much intertwined because yes, you go to law school, you get a LLB, you might do a law, a master's, whatever. In the U, in the U.S., it's a, um, what do they call their law degree? It's a different name. Um, JD, right? And so you get these law degrees. Um, and trust me when I tell you, that's not the end of it. That There's a whole reason why you have to do some sort of practical training, on-the-job training. You go in and you do your apprenticeship part of that. And you are constantly learning because the law is constantly um, evolving, right? So the law isn't stagnant. It's not stale. It's not, you know, this is what this law is and it's never going to change. The position's never going to change. It's constantly evolving like so many other things um, as well. So um, let me segue now into um, this tidbit about the court. So Nikki, I saw your question about what does the age of the building have to do with, um, she says, what does the age have to do with the suitability of the building? Well, I'm going to tell you (laughs) that it has everything to do with the suitability of the building. And when I say everything, I do mean everything. Hmm. I mean, I think it's such an interesting question. And in my mind, it actually speaks to our lack of understanding of what the building is even there for. And perhaps, sorry, what it is that they even do at the court's office. So let me give you a little bit of history. Oh, my Lord. Sorry, I've just knocked over my phone. Let me give you a little bit of history on the building. The court's building was started in 1971 and completed... In 1973, I believe. Hold on. So, yeah, 1971 to 1973. I got a little picture here for you guys of the building way back when it was completed. And 
If you honestly believe that a 50-year-old building built 50 years ago can sustain and operate, I just told you that the law is constantly evolving, things are constantly changing, technology, whatever. If you think that a 50-year-old building is suitable for purpose in 2024, when the world has changed immensely, I mean, I, I would find it hard to believe why that's even a real question. There are so many things that just the space alone, but, you know, the chief justice talked about how they've taken over a portion of what was the Scotiabank building as part of the broader campus, right? And um, she said, trying to retrofit that building, which was built to be a bank, has been an extremely difficult, if not truly impossible process. And in fact, she said that so much of the square footage of that building, they can't even utilize because of the fact that it was designed to have like teller boots here. And, you know, there's only so much re-retrofitting that you can do in order to make that suitable for the purposes of a courtroom. If you've ever, Nikki, gone to court, and I would invite all of you to please find the time to go, because this allows you to see some of it for yourself and to really speak from a more informed position. But if you've ever gone to court, hearing things in court is unbelievably difficult. The way that a building was designed 50 years ago, even for the acoustics, I can assure you, is problematic. I go there as media, and I sit in the little section that is media, and there's some courtrooms. The AC is right overhead. That's running so loudly. Even when the lawyers are using their microphones, I cannot hear and make out what they're saying. The placement of the witness boxes, right, um, in relation to the, now they don't allow you to take any pictures of courts. I really wish that they did, right? But I'm thinking of like courtroom five, which is over in Kurt building. Is that four or five? I think that's five. <clears throat> Courthouse, uh, Kirk house, right? The jurors sit at a like long table. They don't even have like a proper, proper jury box. <sighs> Listen, y'all need to go and take a tour of the facility and you will see that it's not fit for purpose. A building that has hundreds of people coming in and out every single day has a single bathroom stall for people to use. Imagine when you're a jury and you take a little break, all 9, 10, 12 of you. You have to wait outside until that person goes into the bathroom and uses the bathroom because there's only one little stall in there that is actually quite deplorable. It is not fit for purpose at all. We haven't even got into the technicalities of what the lawyers and jurors need. It's not fit for purpose. There's no way the, the um, chief magistrate talked about when the jurors sit in their box, like in courtroom one and two, because those are the only two primary courtrooms, right? That were designed to be courtrooms. When you go in there, the, they have nowhere to put their material. They get big bundles. 
right? The screens, they can't see the stuff on the screen if they're trying to pull up certain things. I mean, I can tell you, Nikki, it is not fit for purpose. A 50-year-old building is not fit for purpose anymore. Good morning, caller. Morning, Sandra. Hello, honey child. I want to listen public. Um, yeah, you know, I don't understand. They want to spend money on a, uh, doing a 50-year-old building. I mean, when they did that 50 years ago, you know, they, they allowed for all the internet and um, and tablets and phones, cell phones and everything, you know. <laughs> Eddie, um, you almost made me spit out my tea this morning, you know, trying to behave. Listen, <laughs> as, as, as an architect, it's it's amazing, you know, there's, there's always the people who who have PhDs and everything, and we are all guilty of that to some extent, especially yes. when we're, we're scrolling through. But I mean, if we stop and really think about it, I don't know. Like, you know, when I'm given a brief to design something, mm-hmm. we design it. We design it for the current demands, um, and whether this is residential or commercial, um, or, or municipal, as this case may be, but. We, we designed it with current demand and then try to envision, well, you know, what's your projected growth um, on the population? In this particular case, it would be on the population or what have you, and try to, to do things accordingly. Now, some can actually argue that the design on this in itself was left wanting. That's not to be, there are, uh, um, that's not to be negative towards the, the original designers, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, just, just prisoner transport alone and all that, mm-hmm. in my opinion, didn't seem to be properly thought out. But then at the end of the day, 50 years ago, we don't have the kind of crime and criminal. Exactly. Just, just pause so, right there for me, Eddie. This is one of the points, again, when somebody says, why is it not fit for purpose? They're clearly not thinking straight. You know, the other day I mentioned how um, there was a guy who they needed to, um, the one who involved in this Scotia robbery because he was threatening his co-accused, he was threatening all kinds of people, right? So they needed to try to transport them separately. That presented a huge logistical issue because I've never been underneath where they keep the prisoners. And and you know what? I'm going to ask Miss Margaret if I can get a full tour of this courthouse. She says that she wants to... um, engage the media more and so on. And I think what she needs to do is give the people an insight into what is actually there because people are so misinformed and so confused, right? But but I can see the logistics and the issues because it's just a narrow little staircase. I don't know how big that holding cell area is underneath, but I can't imagine that it's particularly large. And so if you have multiple, which is possible, defendants down in the holding area they may not be friends you know um there might be a need to try to separate them and so there's a lot of logistical issues with that current building and the current setup it, it, and 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 it, and it multiplies it's like a it's like a pebble in the pond the ripple effect the uh, ripple in the pond effect because for example today now we have cctvs and and everything else and i think mr solomon is solomon or one of the ministers there they changed the law. I'm um, more changed the law that you could actually, basically, um, televise or, or or cast in uh, or have the the, uh, the accused be present via video, mm-hmm. right? So if you keep a prisoner, uh, uh, somebody that, um, who is detained in, say, for example, Northwood Prison, that's one. That that's what 
three, four guys less that has to be mm -hmm. taken to the court, uh, uh, prison officers taking one prisoner to court or two prisoners to court. Let one less van or two less cars on the road transporting them to town during rush hour traffic. Mm -hmm. And the list goes on and on. Oh, yeah. So I think that there's, I think there's an opportunity here now mm -hmm. to make the, cur the current courthouse in itself, and I'm not talking about the ancillary buildings they also use for courtrooms, but the main courthouse itself, to become uh, a, a effectively a, uh, a ceremonial place, mm -hmm. a historical building mm -hmm. um, on that, make it a, a tour attraction, what have you. But in addition to that, more and more importantly, is that we can leverage technology today to its maximum to, to minimize um, the, the just the labor force required to process these mm -hmm. uh, accused and, and, and detainees and what have you, these prisoners, whenever they're convicted. By, by doing um, stuff with video feeds and what have you, obviously facilitating all of our modern technology mm -hmm. uh, that we have here. But in addition to that, moving the building out of central Georgetown so that a we're we're, we're not we're not finding jurors because they're late or they're mm -hmm. short because of a parking mm -hmm. problem in town. Oh god! But also to it, it's horrible. Our, it alleviates our parking problem in town to some extent. But in addition to that, mm -hmm. it also uh, um, then re reduces the amount of traffic coming into town. And you know what they say one one cocoa fill basket, right? Mm -hmm. So as we keep doing this with different buildings, um, I think that there is a there's a real opportunity there. And it may be that the government has to do a, a what we call a public private partnership, um, with, with you know people who might be willing to to work with them and, and, and provide this facility to them if they're that cash dropped. That mm -hmm. you know they can't do it up front. Um but <clears throat> but to say just to say that, oh yeah, well we don't need to spend no more money, those guys have been operating in less than ideal situations. For a very long time. And for their own personal safety too i mean that, vi that video that went viral i think it was in vegas somewhere or, or I, I don't know where where the guy launched himself over at the judge um yeah, I, it, it's been making its rounds like crazy um but basically somebody who was accused of you know being violent was being sentenced and he made a charge for the judge and started assaulting the judge and now he's charged with attempted murder mm -hmm. but the, the the point is is that you know, that was a, that should have that never been that should have never even been possible for him to well, do that. that. And, and, and that exactly. And, and that and he was tough. But he, that layout is actually mm -hmm. not dissimilar to what we currently have right now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's there's a myriad of things, uh, um, you know, but one of the things that really scarred me, uh, I, I mean, I it made an impression on me mm -hmm. was many years ago. And, and this is the sad part that I'm saying many years ago. But there were some sort of, I don't know if you remember the, uh, the upheaval that they had with their rival gangs. Mm -hmm. And they had, a, um, they, had a, they had somebody, they finally arrested somebody who was violent. And they, they were, um, their gang members were saying that they were going to break him out and what have you. Yes. That the, the uniformed firearm response unit were the ones escorting the prisoner van. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of a cruise ship day, mm -hmm. in, the, in 10 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, these FRU vehicles pull up. People jump out with M16s or whatever mm -hmm. those those black rifles are, standing in full tactical gear. And these tourists are like, "What the hell's going on?" And I know this because I was at, I was walking mm -hmm. out of Butterfield, right across the street from it. And I look and I go, "What? What? What the hell is this? What's going on here?" And then that's when I found out that oh, there was this very um, high risk prisoner being transported. 
I mean, just that in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's I mean, it's it's that's not an ideal what, what location. Does that leave on the tourists? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I think it's not an ideal location, as you rightfully said, first and foremost, for security reasons. And then there's other additional concerns about the traffic congestion and so on and so forth. But yeah, no, I, I remember um, when that trial was going on and that wasn't that long ago. That was just a couple of years ago because, um, you know, they, the, the force that it took and, I, and people had messaged me every single morning. Oh my God, there's like all this whole, you know, um, entourage of police going into town. And, um, it, it was just it was like, like crazy. Officers. Yeah. yeah and, and the helicopter. Remember they were deploying the helicopter yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, and I haven't even touched on now the design of the building, the furniture, it was designed 50 years ago. Yes. Well, you think furniture hasn't changed in 50 years? The acoustics. <laughs> no. the, the, oh my God. The acoustics. The, yeah. I was just talking about the acoustics are horrible. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Yeah. The, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And on. So I don't think this is a real, I don't think this is a real, um, you know, hard conversation to yeah. have in terms of justification. It's, it's definitely a, a business case in right. all shapes and, and, yeah. and ways. Absolutely. But, um, and but the yeah, thousands of people focus on how we need to do this and reduce yes. the, the demand on having to use the court system and that, you know, how, what the answers for those are. <laughs> Well, that's that's, that's a lot. That yeah, like like she said, the divorce rate is creeping up, so there's going to be even more of a demand, even just in that family area alone. But even and, and even again, those are things now that <clears throat> how we approach it. The laws actually have to change on how we approach a lot of these things, uh, um, because you know the, the, the um, procedures, legal procedures, and civil or what have you, doesn't necessarily have <clears> to go to these other. You know, the, the courts, a courtroom where judges are at. I think should you know should be for for serious uh, and and um, you know crimes as opposed to people having minor civil disputes and all of that that could just be resolved um, you know where uh, almost like how you go to see a justice of the peace to sign a document um, kind of things I think that's where you have judges sign kind of documents for 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 civil matters that that you know got resolved that didn't necessarily have to require you being hauled into court. Mm-hmm. Just my two cents. You have a great weekend. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I can assure you that there's very few things that were designed or built 50 years ago that is suitable in this day and age. Even you all <laughs> hit 50 and you're you're hardly suitable to get up and move around properly, much less. Um, you know, things age and um, they have structural issues. It's survived hurricanes and earthquakes and you know, there's carpet in certain areas that gets moldy. I mean, I've been there um, in one of the courtrooms. You don't have any place to plug in. If you're in the media section, you don't have no place to plug in your your laptops. Uh, so you better make sure you've got sufficient battery access. Like I said, the acoustics is horrible. You can't hear what's going on. Um, you know, there's so many times I'm like, I'm, I'm literally in court doing this. Like, I can't hear. Can you speak up? Uh, the position of the lawyers, because 50 years ago, you probably had nobody in media. I mean, I think the compass got started maybe 50 years ago. Those courtrooms were not designed to have an area for media to sit. There's a very small uh, viewing gallery. And in courtrooms one and two, the entire viewing gallery is situated for um, actually defendants who are coming in. So if you have a full, I don't know if y'all, not for nothing, but I don't know if you've had the opportunity to look at 
the cause list recently. Let me see if I can pull one up. But I want to bring this point home very, very carefully and clearly here today. Just give me one second, honey chill. Because when you look at the number of people that are um, coming before the courts that you expect to show up on any given day, there is no space for all of those individuals. So a lot of times they're having to sit outside in the waiting area. The waiting area itself um, is very, very small and leaves a lot to be um, desired. And so let me demonstrate. Give me one second here, folks. By way of um, the cause list again, how many people are we actually talking about here? Hold on, let me pull up my little cause list. Um, speaking of which, where is my cause list? Hmm. Hold on. Um, I think I need to create some more of my... Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see, cause list courts. Oh, that's grand court summary court for today, the 12th. Okay. All right, so let's let's have a look at this list, right? Um, oh, they do it by this person. There's only one person, Lin- David Washington Lindo. He's only one person um, for that. Hold on a second. Um, notifications for court. This might be the bigger one for courtroom A, courtroom one and two. <clears throat> let's see here. Um, so this is courtroom seven. <clears throat> which is um, seven is over in Kurt building, I believe. So um, who's Joseph O2? Failure to, oh, he's being sentenced today. Failure to provide a pension plan. Mm-mm. He's in trouble. Failing to surrender to custody. Oh, what a mess. Royce Cornwall threats to kill, provocation of violence. Okay, that's not the main courthouse. Hold on. I'm trying to find <clears throat> the main courthouse causeless here. Courts. Um, oh, hold on. Summary court. Okay, this might be it. So they send out the list. No, they send out the list separately. I think that I'm, hold on. I think for some reason I'm missing um. I'm missing, where's the list for courtroom one and two today? Uh, Maybe this is it, hold on. No, that says, hmm. Okay, let's see the one for yesterday if I can, because you can tell that's, oh, this is grand court, Never mind. I don't really wanna look at grand court, although they're always scrambling for court space and stuff as well. Um, There's no, what's going on with summary court today? Where's the full summary court list? All right, let me, I might have to go back in time, but let me just say this. Um, You know, you can rest assured. I want to be able to show it to you, but you can rest assured folks that the number of people that are expected to show up on any given day for um, court. Okay, here's one from, this is Chief Magistrate Hernandez. She was in courtroom eight. Now eight is... I think eight is in the former Scotiabank building, okay? That's even smaller. The room that I've been in in, in there, like the sitting area, is even smaller because they just 
there was only so much retrofitting that they could possibly have done to that unit. Let me show you all here just a second. So, I mean, go and just have a look, folks. Walk around the courthouse for yourself. I'm going to see if we can't get a little inside tour. But have a look at this. So this is um, several pages um, for, oh, that this one's for today. Oh, good. So this is just Chief Magistrate Gunn. She's in courtroom seven. I mean, sorry, Magistrate Gunn. She's in courtroom seven. Um, this is basically like two people, just a few people. Couple mentions for uh, escaping lawful custody. Alberta Hernandez, Luis Gomez, escaping lawful custody. Who are these guys? Natalie Ramos. Hmm. This sounds like a case we need to look into. So th this is a relatively short list. This is two pages. That's only a handful of individuals there. But, you know, you, you go back and you get like a full list, especially on a Monday, uh, Wednesdays and so on. And then you've got trials that have to go on. Um, Lamar Barrington Reed, oh, he's in court for some ganja. Uh, Brian Smith has a trial that was on yesterday. Um, Debbie, Debbie Hedda Ebanks Allen, idle and disorderly person. What a hot mess. Um, this one is Chief. Magistrate Hernandez. Let me see if I can pull this one up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> to show you guys this one. This is a little bit of a fuller list. Um, and, you know, some days these lists are, oh, honey child, they be long. Right? Give me one second here. Um, slides. Okay, so here's another one. This is, um, this was Chief Magistrate Hernandez. Congratulations to her, by the way. So this is her list. So she's got Cayman Cabana Limited. Who's Cayman Cabana Limited? Oh. Interesting. Um, possession of ganja for some Jalissa Dilbert. Um, we've got uh, Yolanda Frederick. Cruelty to child. What kind of cruelty, honey chill? Oh. Michael John Hurlston. Failure to provide a urine specimen. Oh, no bueno. That is an offense. Dennis Martinez, we got Dennis Martinez, importation of mushrooms with intent to supply? Wah. Oh, he's going to trial for that? Oh, God, I got to flag that one as a trial that we definitely want to follow. Mushrooms? Huh. Now, that is something that you do not see every day. I will tell you the truth. All right, we have Kevin McField. Theft and handling stolen goods, Akeem Miller, Ganja Charges, Giovanni Ramirez Carter, tampering with an electronic monitor, 
burglary, failing to provide a specimen of urine. So this is a pretty good example of um, what the uh, magistrate's court, this is summary court, have to deal with on um, a more regular basis. This is a lot of defendants, okay? Well, a lot of charges, I should say, more importantly. But, um, you know, this galley can't hold all them. Some of them have to wait outside. There's no space outside for them to wait. Sometimes they'd be outside, downstairs, trying to hang out. And then, you know, the, the um, bailiff has to be running around all over the courthouse looking for them. Are they here? Are they not here? Damien Tajaj, um, damage to property, reckless and negligent acts. Yes, sir. Dangerous driving, careless driving, leaving the scene of an accident. Using a vehicle with expired registration. Oh, Lord. Mm, mm, mm. And carrying an offensive weapon. Oh, somebody won't go to jail. Natari Antoinette Levy. All kind of drug stuff for her. Um, hmm. uh, let me see here. Wow, some of these people. Oh my God. Y'all, y'all love a situation. Um, Ronique McLaughlin, assault causing Ashley bodily harm. Victor Merladette Leon, failing to surrender. Trey Rankin, common assault. Oh, Trey got quite a few. He has one, two, three, four common assaults, threats to kill, criminal trespass, damage to property twice, and damage to property, no, three times. Common assault, one, two, three, four. What a mess. Seth Rivers, causing fear, provocation of violence, threats to kill, resisting a police officer. Um, this is just summary court. This is... Uh, Nothing else. This is not family court. This isn't mediation. They need space. 50 years ago, by the way, Nikki, there's no such thing as mediation. Where does that department operate? Juvenile court. Probably 50 years ago, that didn't exist either. We've got specialty court. We've got financial services, which has people traveling from all over the world who must look at us with a little bit of a side eye Oh, this must be the largest jurisdiction in the world, financially, one of the largest jurisdictions, you know, supposedly all this money flowing through the Cayman Islands, and they can't even have a decent modern day courthouse. It is really quite a shame. Now, one of the things that, um, uh, and like I said, I really like a lot of, um, of what Chief Justice, um, I like her vision. And I like a lot of the practicalities of what she's trying to introduce. So I want you to have a listen to this because this was one that really had my ears perking up, honey jail. It's been perhaps convenient here, and I don't see her, but to quickly welcome uh, Miss Elizabeth Charles. Uh, I'm not seeing any response, so she's probably not in the room. But for the, for the, for the purposes of all present, and especially for the media, Miss Charles will now be in charge of all things media related. So I think all valedictory ceremonies, I see Ms. Catron saying, thank goodness. I think in the future, all ceremonies of that nature will be live streamed, the media fully informed, 
and captured so it can be circulated and placed on our website as we try to engage um, more, not effectively, but more deeply with the community. They only know us as judges, they should also know us as people. Uh, so she's our new Chief Communications and Public Relations Officer and will, among other things, I'm sure Sir Anthony's care will recede when he hears that she'll be charged with not just revitalizing our website, but giving us a presence on Twitter, now X, Instagram, and Facebook. <laughs> um, what a hot mess, honey chow. What a hot mess. Um... Yes, so uh, that's fantastic. I'm happy to see that they now have a media communications person. And might I say, long overdue. I mean, long overdue. There's so many things that media have questions about. We need judgments. We Child, the difficulty of that is not lost on me for sure as someone who has to deal with that all the time. Someone was asking me, when are we going to start having, um, you know, court sessions being uh, live streamed? I would, I would love to know. I think that we should, but that requires a legal, that requires a change, I think, in the law in order to accommodate that and to make that happen. But the way that it stands now, it's not going to happen. So the court uses the town hall area which again is not fit for purpose, not at all, because they have no space. So they largely use that for run-of-the-mill traffic offenses. So traffic court is held over there. They have bits and pieces in Kirk House. So downstairs, I think that one downstairs where Winter Circle used to be, I believe that's courtroom seven. Don't hold me to it because I could be wrong, but I think that might be seven. And they tend to do like juvenile courts and right next to the, the register um, the payment section. So I think they tend to do juvenile courts and stuff there. And then around the corner you have, is that four? And then upstairs is five. I mean, listen, some days I'm trying to find a case and I'm literally running from like one building to the next and all over the place. One of the interesting things that magistrate, chief justice, Ramsey Hale had to say is that she's all about performance-based budgets. Oh God. When she said that, I could have just kissed her on her cheeks. I was like, performance-based budgets. Wow. Really? Oh, bless your little heart. Somebody's paying attention. I wish that the politicians understood a thing or two about a performance-based budget. Not for nothing, Nikki, but to further answer your question, and for those of you who are like, you know, why, why do we have to spend any money in the courts? Let me remind you of a couple things. Number one, this person pointed this out yesterday. They said, good morning, Sandra. To ensure that we maintain an independent judiciary at Cayman, there's actually a constitutional mandate in our 2009 constitutional order to properly fund our judiciary. I don't have access to it right now to state the actual section, but it's there. We'll get it for you later today. 
So it could be argued that CIG is in breach of our constitution because our judiciary is inadequately funded. Our Honorable Chief Justice ought to challenge the CIG on this breach. I need y'all to pay attention to me. This person is a former politician. And what they have said and what they have suggested is that government is in breach of the Constitution, which requires them, let me see if I can find it. They haven't sent me the section, but let me see if I can find it, which requires them to adequately fund the judiciary. And by them not doing so, they are in breach of the Constitution and could be open to a legal challenge. Now, is the judiciary going to do that? I, I mean, I guess if things get really, really bad, maybe. I don't know. Um, let me just see. So the Chief Justice, I'm trying to see if I can find that section. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the Judicial Legal Co uh, Services Commission. <clears throat> okay, the legislature and the cabinet shall uphold the rule of law and judicial independence and shall ensure that adequate funds. I got it, honey, chill. Praise the Lord for a little bit of technology. Let's have a look, folks. Y'all paying attention now. Y'all need to start looking at this document called the Constitution Order. I'm going to pull it up on the screen. Let me see where it's saved now. I don't even know, but hold on. I'll get it. Because, again, this is rightfully so um, a legal requirement. Let me see if I can find it. Cayman Constitutional Order. Here we go. 2009. Is that it? Uh, yes, this is it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's uploading. Uploading. All right. There we go. So we are looking for page um, 57. So let's go scroll down. Mm -hmm. There we go. And we are looking at the relevant section as the last part of part five. I know it's kind of small, so I'm going to read for you exactly what it says. Um, section 107 says the legislature... That's, um, you know, your elected officials and the cabinet. Y'all know who cabinet members are. Those are your ministers. Shall uphold the rule of law and judicial independence and shall ensure that adequate funds are provided to support the judicial administration in the Cayman Islands. Okay, honey chill. Y'all heard that? Cut. It is in the Constitution. It is such a fundamental element of the rule of law and justice that they're adequately funded, that it is right there in the Constitution. Now, when she was talking about performance-based budget, this is what I like about this grand court opening. They give you numbers, how many summary court cases we've dealt with, how many divorce applications we've dealt with, right? How many um, massive financial, and I mean, some of these things are hundreds of pages, uh, judgments that have come down. And she even made mention of like, okay, you see a 200 page judgment. You don't know and understand until you've done it, what goes into producing that type of a detailed legal judgment that has to stand up against scrutiny 
and lawyers and clients with deep pockets who want to challenge every single thing. And international standards. We have to be accountable at an international level for our judiciary as well. I think in the minds of most people in this community, and it's so unfortunate that you guys just think of the judiciary as, oh, my neighbor, you know, did something to me. That's some court, or maybe a little murder here and there. And that's all there is to the judiciary. You guys are thinking of what the judiciary does in a very, very limited uh, manner. I have seen defendants and, you know, their lawyers say he has to wait how long for a trial and all this time he's in custody because it's such a serious offense. He's not getting bail. That's why they have to let people out on bail. I suspect that a lot more people would remain in police custody until the actual completion of their cases if it could be done in a more fair manner when it comes to the timeline. If you have somebody who can be in there for nine months before they can get a trial date, how fair is it for that person, even if they're in there for a serious offense? Because the legal mandate from the court is number one, there's a presumption in favor of bail. So in other words, most people are going to get bail unless you can show something very, very specific as to why they shouldn't get bail. And they'll put bail conditions on people. We're letting very dangerous people back out on our streets because you can't get a court date for eight, nine, 10 months from now. And it would be constitutionally unconscionable to hold someone in a cell for that length of time in the event that they could be innocent. Remember, once you're arrested and you're charged, your guilt has not been proven. And you have the right, there is a presumption of innocence. It is the DPP's responsibility to prove beyond a reasonable doubt your guilt. And until they do so, the court cannot go, well, you know, everybody saw him in broad daylight shooting up the place, so he must be guilty. Because the defense lawyer will come out and say, hold on a second now. He has a twin that looks just like him. They might not be family, but boy, they sure do look alike. So was it really him? CCTV camera wasn't really that good. It was kind of shaky. He was wearing a face mask, a balaclava, so we don't know. DNA evidence on the gun shows him, his mama, this one, that one. So someone, ha everybody has a right before the eyes of the court to have their day in court. And until then, you are innocent until proven otherwise. And it isn't your job to prove your innocence. It is the prosecution's job to prove your guilt. Right? And so the judiciary can't keep you locked up all this time in prison. Their lawyer is going to argue, you can't do this to my client. He's entitled to bail. So there are numerous reasons why that facility, folks, is not fit for purpose. We've only touched the iceberg and why it's not fit for purpose. But let's stay focused on this performance-based budgeting concept. Because cabinet members, and by extension, all 19 officials that we have elected need to understand the concept of performance-based budgeting. In other words, you ask for money based on your needs and your performance and what you can show. Let me say this. The court system can prove their performance 
a lot better than all these other government agencies and departments who are getting millions and millions and millions of dollars, including education. I want y'all to have this sink in for a second, right? Performance-based budgeting, if you really understood the concept and you looked at the results that we're getting from our teachers who are now making $5,000 a month, from building a $50 million school for less than 200 kids, do an analysis of what you're going to get out of that. How is that going to help those children in the Black to have over the top it's going to turn out to be a 75 or $100 million school by the time that it's done. What performance matrix do we have in place? You see, our elected officials know nothing about it. And even if they know anything about it, they don't care about performance-based anything. I take you back to the same now premier who just a few weeks ago was sitting at her first media appearance with OC saying what? oh, we're going to give you more resources. And I asked the question based on what performance-based budgeting, (laughs) right? She said nothing about performance. We're not going to give you more resources because you have numbers to show what a great job that you guys are doing. We've got independent, you know, community marketing surveys to show Radio Cayman is delivering. No. You know what she said? Oh, one caller called in. And by the way, she misunderstood what the caller was saying, which is so classic, right? To make a comment and and promise public funds our money to Radio Cayman on the basis of not even understanding properly, yet she's winning a listener award. The, The point was not lost on me. Seriously. She clearly not listening all that well because what the caller said As the caller said, when we call into your program, we don't want to be cut short. We want to be able to talk more and have the MPs who are in the studio visiting or whatever. We want them to listen to us and we want to talk more. But, oh, see, you're cutting us off. Oh, no, that's it. Your your call is done. That is what the person is saying. She turned around and said, well, you know, they're saying that, um, that, that, that they want more of you. They want more, more, more of you on the air. The people that never said that, none at all. Miss Listener of the Decade Award should be stripped from you because you're clearly not listening with a view to actually understanding. Your ears might have heard it, but you didn't listen because you got it completely wrong. But yes, nothing based on performance, no requirements of performance, none at all. We're going to just hemorrhage money into all of these institutions. I love me at Cayman Airways, but let's talk about performance-based budgeting even with Cayman Airways. The reason that we keep Cayman Airways afloat is because we need a national airline. It's all about national pride, really. Because yes, there are some times when having a national airline, as much as I love it, makes good sense. You're an Ivan. Okay, if Ivan is a once in a hundred year storm, can you really justify We're one of the the only place in the world of our size that has a national airline. And it costs the people of this country a lot of money. We're hemorrhaging a lot of money. Turtle farm, hemorrhaging money. Millions upon millions of dollars going to these organizations to keep them afloat. 
And if you were really asking yourself the performance-based budgeting question, it's not adding up, not at all. So the judiciary, which is an important and separate legal arm of government that is enshrined in the constitution and performs an extremely important function across all aspects of our lives, everything from probate, right? Your granny dies and she didn't leave a will or even if she left a will, you have to do certain things in relation to that estate. Taken forever because, oh, I'm sorry, we're backlog. We don't have the resources. We don't have the staff. We don't have anywhere to put them, even if we had the staff. You know, the, the magistrate even said, some people's like, oh, well, go put them over in the regular government building. She's like, we can't do that. There's certain, you have to keep the judiciary separate and apart from the other arms of government. They can't be in a crossover in security of documents and file transfers and you know, you have to preserve the, the integrity of documentation within the court system. There is a lot. And so the question remains, why isn't the government, and it's not just this government, it's all the years that Alden was in as a lawyer. I don't think he really practiced much going to court in any event. Um, but, you know, all these years that these different various governments have been in, they have never prioritized the judiciary despite the fact that the judiciary plays a very key role to maintaining the rule of law in this country. Everything happens, you wanna to run to the courts for relief, right? They're there. It's not a perfect system, but they are there to try to ensure some degree of justice is doled out. Whether it's getting your money back from a scammer, whether it's, you know, criminal proceeding, a divorce, whatever, they play an important role. And here's the other thing. I don't know how much money the judiciary brings in, but they contribute to government coffers. Y'all not thinking about that. Yeah. They bring money into government, every document you file. Right. They handle uh, notaries. So they do the whole notary thing. Every year we got to file our notary documentation. We got to pay a notary fee. That's more money that's brought in. So nobody wants to talk about the fact that the judiciary actually brings money into government, but yet they must not get anything. They're like the bastard child who's not deserving. Oh, continue to use a 50 year old building and figure it out. It's really not fair at all. In the building is not fit for purpose. Denver says Chief Justice Ramsey has the best interests in Cayman, her home. However, with two to four story buildings, how can the courts be out of space? Are you kidding me? Just from visual observations, that's eight floors of space. Denver, this is why I'm going to encourage the Chief Justice to allow me to go in there with my cameras and do a full tour so you can see exactly what space they have and what space they don't have. They don't have, have you ever served on jury duty and been cramped into that little room? Lawyers don't have proper space to meet with their clients. Sometimes they're sitting in the common area, having to meet and sit down with clients and everybody over here in their business. Denver, they do not have the space and is not fit for purpose.
Let's listen to what she said about performance-based budgeting. Family Division, Richard, sorry, as Mr. Justice Williams to you. Mr. Justice Williams has reported to me that it's another extremely busy year. 355 new files are... Okay, hold on. I think I've actually... Um, let me take this one down. I think that's the wrong one. Give me one second. Let me try and pull in my other video here now. Um, okay. Performance-based budgeting. I tried to do these clips to just make it easier to um, follow along here. Um, family court. This one, I think, is... Oh, I think it is... Um, she must have mentioned it in this in this segment. So, um, but I know we played that yesterday, so I'm not going to play it. But I think, and I hope that you understand the concept. Um, and uh, this is what she had to say directed at now. Uh, the members yeah. of um, the members of some members of the LA were there. Let me do a big shout out to the ones who actually showed up. I'm aware that they were in the brat canoodling with Julie, and so some of them might have been tired. And um, we're not able to to make it to the court. But I'm very, 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 very disappointed in the ones who didn't take the time to even show up. The ones that were there, Kenneth Bryan, thank you. Sabrina Turner, thank you. Barbara Connolly, thank you. Leader of the Opposition, Mr. Roy McTaggart, thank you. Juliana O'Connor Connolly, thank you. Premier. Oh, I just said I just said her right, Juliana O'Connor Conley, um, Andre Ebanks, Minister. Thank you, and Kathy Wilkes. Thank you. And the only um, cabinet secretary I saw there was actually Heather Bodden. So thanks to those. And then where were the rest of you? The Speaker of the House was not there, and there was a seat reserved for him. So he must have RSVP'd, and then for whatever reason, never showed up. Dude, show up. You're getting paid $16,000 a month. Just show up, okay? That's the least that you can do. Hmm? Uh, everybody else, no show. I don't know where they're at or what they were doing. Now, uh, Juliana O'Connor Connolly, can somebody give her some, some kind of counseling, some kind of help with that personality? Lord, let me just try to be, it's Friday. I need a drink. I don't drink. Y'all know I don't drink. So when I say that, I'm just joking. I don't drink, but some days I feel like I should start. <laughs> oh, that woman has the personality of a. Sandy, it's 2024 now, you know. Try to be nice to Julie for one little minute now. Can't help it, man. She just has the, she has no personality. That's the problem. You know? I mean, everybody got a little different personality, whatever, but she's just so dry and boring. And even her face, when you look at that face, that sourpuss face. Oh my God. Anyway, the um, Chief Justice turned and spoke to them directly about this budgeting issue, about this funding issue. Johan says, audio is about to drop in five, four, three, two. No! We're good. We're good. I think we found we found the problem. Sue says, oh my God, 16 grand a month? Unbelievable. Especially for the fact that the man not really doing much. 
He don't even show up. Him and Minister John John. John John not showed up to the government building all now. Ay, ay, ay. What a hot mess. Lord Jesus, I tell you. Ah, Lord have mercy. Anyway, no personality. Juliana O'Connor Conley was sitting there. Sourpuss. Afterwards, they had like a little reception in the foyer area. You know, some, I don't know, hors d'oeuvres and whatever. And um, she didn't even stay for that. I don't know where she went. I don't know if she went through a back room. Maybe she went down where the prisoners, where they let the prisoners out or something. Because I certainly did not see her at all. She must have skedaddled out of there quicker than you can say, what? Nothing. She's just not interested, honey, Jill. But anyway, this is uh, these were the comments that were directed at her and her cabinet members. And by extension, everybody else who's an elected official. In the criminal division, and I'm so glad to get here because um, there's something that needs to be said about the criminal division. And I have, you know, let us say about the judiciary. We have extraordinary power, but we neither control the purse nor, nor do we have the power to imprison the very people that we hand on sentence on. So we, we, we neither, we, we have no, we have power, but not the sort of power that I think the public imagines. So since the power of the purse is here today, sitting on my, my left, I'm just going to mention a few matters in the criminal division and then segue, because I am losing time, to something that we must discuss very urgently. Oh, I think, there's, I think that was supposed to be a longer segment. But anyway, have a listen to this. And it's the most, one of the most important strategic priorities. And I think to the disappointment of the leaders of government who might have thought new chief, new speech, this is the part of the speech where I say to you, we need a new courthouse. So anybody who thought new chief, new speech, we need a new courthouse. Now I want to, I have acknowledged the contributions, the, the, the commitment of government to provisioning the judiciary appropriately under section 107 of the constitution. And I want to say that we are grateful for the addition of the lower courts building at Cardinal Avenue. If anybody calls it Scotiabank, they're going to have to deal with me. The addition of the lower courts building at Cardinal Avenue to the court campus, as I call it, which because it brings a number of courthouses to three. Thank you. It is still not enough to meet our needs. I will not bore you with the technical details that make retrofitting an old bank into a contemporary court. It's not just expensive, it is that the structural design of the building makes it almost impossible. In addition, through your generous support, the administrative support that this court has from, we have an entire finance department, we have an entire IT department, we have a facilities manager and a team, we have an entire team of auxiliary officers. We have a very broad level of support, administrative support 
and they are part of the court campus because the judiciary is independent from the state. So they can't go and work in GAB. So accommodations, government administrative building, did I just use an acronym? I can't send them to GAB. They must remain on the court campus to preserve the, the independence of the judiciary, to ensure that, in that information does not leak out of the courts and judiciary to, to people who shouldn't have it. Not that you shouldn't have it. But there is a, there's, an important, there's an important distance to be kept. So that means having to provide administrative space. So we are competing in the one building for adequate space for IT specialists, a finance team, which numbers 10 or 12, H HR and courts. So not even if we didn't have the structural difficulties we do have because it's a bank. You know, think of a think of a teller's hall. It's a big space in the middle, and then all the offices are around because you're going to the wide hall. So what we had to do was we build a court in the center of the building. So we we instead of having ten thousand square feet, I think we're able to achieve maybe six hundred. It is a beautiful court, but it is has no gallery. Uh, court eight or nine. One of them only has one row for counsel. Uh, Neither court is a suitable custody court. Uh, you, I'm going to get, that's why I'm in the criminal division, coming back to that. And so it's not new chief, new speech. It's new chief, same speech. Now I've heard, and there is a stricture on judges as to what they can say, lest we trespass on the domain of the legislature and the executive, just like they don't talk about us, we don't talk about them. Huh? But I have to note that there was an ambitious capital projects. <clears throat> which did not include a single dollar for the modernization of the judiciary through the provision of a modern, technologically enabled court. I'm going, to mention, I'm, going to, I'm going to tell you two things why we should have this. We say we're a premier financial service jurisdiction, and we are, and we are. But I should take you on a tour of the premises so you can see where the $2,000 lawyers attend our courts with their $15 billion clients. <laughs> and it is only because we have such excellence on the bench that the meanness of our facilities hasn't played against us. <laughs> if you were to see the courts of the DIFC, that's another acronym, the Dubai International Financial Center. If you were to see the courts of Singapore, <laughs> these are all competitors you would have to come back home and say for the fsd we should at least have courts that are modern technology enabled my brother nick that's mr justice siegel to you my brother nick is sitting in an fsd matter he has taken the largest courtroom because he has on any day between 40 and 50 lawyers Oh, the equipment, like in Ahab, I believe, and the former teachers can tell me if I'm wrong, 
like any have all the equipment apart from the screens on the wall and a few microphones have been provided by the bar. Mm -hmm. We need to have proper courts, at least for the FSC. That's not fair. That's not fair to my sister. I'm going to tell you why. The modern criminal court must also be technologically enabled. I've completely lost my speech. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had something to demonstrate what the jury goes through. This is a jury box. In a modern criminal court, jurors are balancing two and three bundles on their laps. I don't have a bundle to show you. Those of you who have never practiced law, those of you who have can share the information. But can you imagine the jurors sitting in the witness box, balancing bundles on their legs, trying to follow a complex fraud trial, or worse, a murder trial where the Crown is relying on telephone records. I should make my sister speak. Relying on photographs. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Was that the end of it? Oh, no, no. Hold on. Oh, gosh. Looks like that pause. There should be more to it than that. Uh-oh. Should make my sister's feet. Relying on photographs. Oh, gosh. I don't know why that part stopped. Um, it's, it's, it's much longer. But I see Denver says, wow. Okay, I see. There are many areas I didn't take into account. So I'm sure Chief Justice Ramsey is totally correct. My apologies. Um, we will gladly accept that on her behalf and behalf of the entire judiciary. Listen, forget about the Chief Justice for a minute, not for nothing, but you have Caymanian staff who are working in these positions, who are working in offices and sitting at desks and trying to do their work in less than ideal conditions. Everybody deserves to have a decent workspace from which to operate. I'm not sure what happened to the rest of my video, honey chill. Um, let me see if I can. It's still moving, so. Documents admitted halfway can be scanned into the record. Mm -hmm. A witness can sit at the screen and with a stylus or their finger show on the photograph where they saw the dead body. Yeah, th this is what she's saying it should be like, but it's not like this. And all the jurors in real time will see what the witness has pointed out. This is not science fiction. Hmm. I should ask Mr. Justice St. John Stevens how long case lines has been around, at least a decade. Uh -huh. We cannot introduce any more innovation in terms of software and technology because these courts are almost impossible to retrofit. Mm -hmm. Where would I put a monitor for these jurors? Mm -hmm. Imagine these are jurors. Mm -hmm. The jurors love to take notes. Let me tell you some of the Cayman jurors. They take notes of everything. In fact, the last case I did, whenever I misstated the evidence, they corrected me. Mm -hmm. If I call a witness by the wrong name, they provided the right one. I was more tired than them at the end of the 12 weeks. Hmm. They need a tabletop. 
I want to tell you that when they were still going to have bundles, I know Mrs. Justice was saying no, they won't, but I'm telling you that we have to prepare for the fact that even if we had screens, they might need a bundle, they might have a bundle. I cannot retrofit this jury box. I need a new courtroom. I cannot put this in Cardinal Avenue. We have tried. I'm happy to take you on a tour. We had a meeting, I'm really off script now. We had a meeting of the bench and bar, uh, criminal court users. And I got a wish list from the members of the bar present and, and gave wish lists from the, the, the bench to the bar as well. I think Mr. Tunner was action to do something and various Mr. Barton was action to do other things. But one of the things the bar challenged me to do was to provide witness care rooms. Witness care rooms are essential in a modern judiciary. Let me see if I can find an explanation for a witness care room. It is where you keep vulnerable witnesses mm -hmm. until they're ready to give evidence. Mm -hmm. The Crown also asked for witness care rooms, although one might not have thought that the Crown's witnesses were, not the Crown, the defense asked for witness care rooms as well. You might not have thought the defense witnesses were vulnerable, but there you have it. I remember the old days. I came here in 1998. We used to watch the victim and aggressor face off each other in the public foyer. Fathers want to um, fight for their daughter's honor in the public foyer. People coming in, uh, into court, having a dispute and catching fight in the foyer. This is 2023. We need to provide appropriate facilities for witnesses. Now, having been told uh, by the criminal bar what they needed, uh, the court leadership and I did a recce, that's Australian for reconnaissance. So we did a, <laughs> a recce of the courts. And you know what the first thing we discovered? Was that the jury room does not hold 12 people at a table. It's <laughs> been a significance of that. Murder trials wow. are tried by 12 people. Wow. Complex fraud trials are also tried by 12 jurors. Y'all, I want I want to make sure y'all listening now. It, it don't don't fall asleep on me. So jury rooms that are not even equipped to hold the required, the legally required number of individuals. Pay attention to what the woman is saying. Pay attention to what the Chief Justice is saying, folks. They deliberate together in the jury room. They have coffee, they drink, they eat. The jury room can only accommodate eight persons at a round table. I know, I, I share your surprise, Mr. Barton, because I've worked here from 1998 and I never knew that myself. Not until we had that criminal users meeting. The outside of the jury room is a slate wall, like the one behind you. It's not an easy fix to turn a room for eight into a room for 12. But we are working on it. And we're committed. They're also dilapidated. These are persons who give freely of their time to the court. Yeah, whatever stipend they get, trust me, they're volunteers. 
to achieve witness care rooms, I had to, I have to displace the court reporters. Where are they going to go? Huh? The court reporters report in these courts. They can't be too far away. Should I hire them premises in down the road? Should I send them across the Cardinal Avenue? How, 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 how much can this building achieve? My sister was having a great deal of difficulty setting two criminals, two criminal trials for trial in the same period because she could only list one custody matter in court one. So she would have to search her list to see if she could find a non-custody matter to put across the street in court five. That's why Mr. Justice Siegel is not using it for a 12-week FSC trial. So I made an executive decision to boot the summary court out of court two and put Justice Richards in charge of courts one and two for the reason that these two courtrooms, this court building is the only proper custody court in the jurisdiction. And my sister is trying persons charged with category A offenses, murder, rape, arson, armed robbery, and so I displaced the summary court, much to Mr. Fulda's chagrin, so that my sister could do the people's business when it came to trying those very, very important cases. So that displaced the lawyers because I made it new. The new jury room was the old robing room. It also can't fit 12 people. So the lawyer said, well, what about us? So I had to come the next morning. It was Mr. Jonathan Hughes. What about us? Where am I putting my robes? And I came to court the very next day. And in five minutes, we had set up the old library as a robing room. Very comfortable. I think the lawyers like it. Don't nod at me. Because the problem with it is that the lawyers are now in what you might call the sanctum sanctorum of the judges. Because anything behind here is really where the judges would like to be their own sterile space. All right, let me pause there because some of this I have to break down. Um, Chief Justice Margaret Hale is very, very eloquent. And um, sometimes eloquence might be lost in you all. So I'm going to break it down into layman's terms. What she just said is she's had to make some changes to give, you know, jurors and others more space. So she had to displace the um, lawyers. So they no longer have a place to come in because they come in in their suits and stuff. And then they put on their little wigs and their gowns and they robe up. Right. And then they, they carry their little boxes where they're going to put their hats in um, when they leave. And, you know, they, they robe up and, and derobe. So they need a space to be able to do that. They shouldn't be standing in the hallway doing those sorts of things. So they've allowed them to use the library space for that. What has that done? That has physically put them in contact with the area which should be reserved for just judges. So in the penal system, folks, there has to be not just a separation in theory between different arms even of the judiciary, but there should be a separation physically Judges should not hear or overhear lawyers talking with their clients about their defense or how things should go. They shouldn't hear lawyers talking amongst each other as they're derobing and re-robing and whatever. So because there is no space, 
This encroachment is potentially very, very dangerous to the rule of um, the rule of law when you think about it. There is a physical barrier that should exist between these different parties. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, but continue to listen. And thank you, Denver, for acknowledging that, you know what? I didn't know all of this. Live says, I never knew it was that bad. This is what I tell you is a lot of times in this community, we will make commentary and discuss things that God knows we don't really have the requisite information. When we start talking about performance-based budgets, what we need to really start talking about is evidence-based discussions in this community. When we start talking about some of the issues and the fixes that we're looking at, don't go off of what's just coming into your head or what your granny told you 75 years ago and think that that's going to be the solution and that's the problem and that's start to really say, what are the numbers? What is the evidence? What does it show? What does it say? Who has, who has researched this? Where is the evidence to support anything I'm going to put forward as a solution? Let's continue to listen to Chief Justice Margaret Ramsey Hale. So it's comfortable. We're not taking it from you today because we have nothing else to give you. But you can see how unsuitable it is that we've had to make do. Ah. You know, I told my sister she should read my speech before I gave it because I was afraid it might evolve into a rant. She says, no, man, whatever you do, it will be fine. And at this point, I find I'm off my speech altogether. But as I said, it's, it's new chief, old speech. I cannot uh, stress that we need new court facilities, new court facilities. Um, we will continue to make do. I think you know. I think you know. I think everybody knows the commitment of judges. Judges will sit in a closet if that is what is required to get the job done. I have sat in an airport hangar after Ivan to get the job done. We have sat in a building that had no light after a hurricane to get the job done. We are prepared to sacrifice, but should we be asked to? And what about the people who are not paid to judge, like our jurors? Mm -hmm. What about the litigants that come here seeking our assistance? Should they be subject to conditions which are not only un un unpleasant, but in fact unsuitable? Um, for the purposes for which they have come to this court. So I made this public plea, new chief old speech. I made this public plea for consideration to be given um, to the, uh, an establishment in the budget for a capital project uh, for a new courthouse. We're not giving up anything. We, would, we still need this court. We still have coroner's court, jurors of seven. Mm -hmm. The jury room is big enough for that. Um, we have judge alone trials, which can be accommodated without a jury room, but we need a custody suite for that. So we're not, this, is, this, this building is iconic. We love sitting here. We're currently working on plans to, to retrofit it and renovate it to the best that we can so that we can preserve it. 
but I don't resolve from my call uh, for proper court purposes, court premises, uh, so the court can do its job. I have five minutes. Bear with me. All right, folks. I mean, if if you if you didn't get it now, um, or didn't get it before, I certainly hope that you understand and you have gotten it now. They need. Sometimes there is no solution, no alternative. There's no retrofitting that can be done. There are times that you need a purpose-built facility. Someone said they were going to play devil's advocate. And they said, uh, the question in relation to that, let me just tell you all something. They said, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Um, Allow me to play devil's advocate now. How old is the Cayman Brack High School? I don't know. But let me say this. No one has ever said that Cayman Brack does not need upgrades and modern facilities. What I have said is it's interesting that none of that has ever been proposed in 30 years. It's, it, it's interesting that Cayman Brack has a new facility where the pool was turning green because of no usage and no maintenance. So it's not just a question of the age. It is a question of the usage, right? Performance-based. Yes, the Brack children deserve a good education. And by all standards, despite them claiming that the soldier crabs coming in um, to their classroom, their performance, academic performance, is way better than Grand Cayman. But that has nothing to do with the soldier crabs or the building facility for that matter. It has everything to do with their small size. Because what did I say before? The number one predictor of success in a classroom is the student to teacher ratio. Smaller classrooms guarantee a more successful environment, learning environment for your children. That does not require a modern 50, 75, $100 million school. However, let's acknowledge that they should get a new high school. They don't need an overpriced, exorbitant facility that has no business case to support it. How many students are going to benefit? Well, you say, oh, well, Sandy, we can't put a price on education. Look at the thousands of people that have to go through the judicial system every single day. She made mention of one thing that a lot of people forget about, which is coroner's court. Right? Give me one second here. Hi, good morning. I'm going to open the door for you, okay? Thanks so much. You're, you're welcome. Um, you know, think about, about that as well. Coroner's court where somebody trying to figure out what happened to you. How did you die? These are all like really, really important roles that the court has to carry out, important functions. You know how many family members? Um, let me open this one as well. How many family members? Um, oh, Lord. How many family members would love to have um, you know, a cause of death, a reason, what happened to their loved one? Was it an accidental thing? And the doctor said, whatever. They have a right to know. These are like human beings that we're talking about here. All I can say is 
the the case, folks, is there for it. Mm-hmm. All right. It is required. Let's move on. Happy Friday, everybody. Nine three six. 936-2626 is the telephone number. Give us a call. Anybody else changed their mind today? Anybody else went in today thinking, oh, we don't need a new courthouse? And after having facts, evidence-based put before you, you've now gone, well, damn, honey chow. I see exactly what the problem is. I, yeah, we. I wasn't convinced before, but I'm convinced now. Feel free to call us. <sighs> Johan said he looking for some bun Friday. All right, Johan, we got 30 minutes left in the program. Um, by the way, some another person says, so eloquent in her delivery. I really appreciate you for highlighting this issue. Uh, thank you. Um, let me go back to the screen over here. This person, there was another comment that came in. Oh, yes. This person says, you're sounding too logical this morning, laughing out loud, especially for Friday. <laughs> the court premise are an absolute shambles. We need a new courthouse. Jury duty is a terrible experience for many with so many people in and out, no parking, shaking my head. We can spend money on everything else, upgrade the courthouses. Another person said, hold on, good morning. I reported for jury duty last year in June as we were waiting in the small area outside of the courtroom, witnesses to the case also ended up in the same area as us potential jurors. I don't think that should ever happen or be happening. Yes! It happens all the time. And in fact, sometimes I'm sitting there in that same waiting area with, you know, I'm media and I'm overhearing stuff. That's how I know what's going on. Because the family members talking, I'm interacting freely with them. Their potential witnesses, all kind of stuff that should not be happening is happening because you don't have the physical space to be able to separate people. Huh? Hmm. Honey, chill. Let me sip on my tea. Good morning, caller. Buenos dias. Buenos dias, senor. Danny, como estas? Um, since there's not a official symbol, a character for sarcasm. <laughs> sarcasm or sarcasm? <laughs> sarcasm. I want to make it crystal clear. Yes. That my following comments are sarcastic. All right, honey child, go on through. What we, we don't actually need a new courthouse. What we need. Oh, drivers for the ministers of government. I, I had to remind myself of what you just said before that. <laughs> that's why I said it because I know how that works. Oh, honey, child. <laughs> we need we what we need is a driver for every minister of government. That's what we need. Mm-hmm. So that's all I. Have. <laughs> there's actually there's something else I'd like to say, but I'm good. Okay. Uh, but jam it into this one. I'll try to keep it separate. Thank you, my dear. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, yes. My goodness. I'm glad he. I'm glad he prefaced his comments by letting us know that this was going to be 
sarcastic. Yes, we can spend money over $70,000 on vehicles that the, the ministers going around drive around themselves, which to me is so idiotic and so stupid. Don't even get me started. Y'all know it's Friday and I'm trying to keep my peace. Lord Jesus. $73,000 cars. And then they drive around themselves like a bunch of donkeys. I mean, I don't, I not got a problem driving a $70,000 car or even a $100,000 car. But damn, if you can't afford my own driver out of my own pocket, then you must afford your own car. Next ride, 345 says, this is true, Sandy. It's no sense of confidentiality. Instagram. Uh, Deborah Jefferson, 470, said the chief justice is the most wise person I have stood in front of uh, while she was a judge. She ble she's blessed and smart. God bless you, Miss Hale. Hmm. You know, she's a straight shooter. I like her. Um, she's very much a straight shooter. She's not gonna, she not gonna cuddle you too much, but I think there are times when she is um, as compassionate as she can be. Central Machine 2 says she's Caymanian. Yes, now she is. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. All right. Um, let me see here now. Oh, somebody. Um, okay, let's do a poll. Oh, y'all know we like a good poll. Um, okay. So the poll question for the day. Let me log in and bring it up on the screen, honey chill. Thank God for modern technology. Got to be honest with you. When you don't have it and um, you really need it, you know, what a hot mess. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see here now, honey chill. So the question today, should government prioritize a new courthouse or a high school on the Brock? Ooh, this one is hot. That's a hot question. I don't know. I don't know, boy. I'm feeling that this, I mean, maybe the question should be a little bit fine-tuned and say a $50 million high school in the Brock because I'm not saying that we probably couldn't allocate a little bit to both. But all right, Kevin put up the question, so we're going to go with it. Here it is. Should government prioritize a new courthouse or high school on the Brock? Start voting, scan the QR code, um, and I'll send you guys the link in the chat here as well. Click on the link. There it is. Click on that link to vote. Hmm, I'm, I'm interested to see the results here. I don't know. Um, there you go, uh, Siobhan. There's the link to vote. Strong Wilt says yes. We need a courthouse, a new courthouse. Stripper pole. El Rey, are you still in Panama? Are you still on vacation? <laughs> what on earth are you talking about stripper poles for? <sighs> oh my God. Strong Wilt says, Sandy, they need to check Uncle Dart for some money to help for a new courthouse. Y'all need to stop and leave that man alone with his money. Stop harassing Uncle Dart for money. Cha, I mean, I, I want to call him and say, Uncle Dart, I need something. I need a little something, something. But you can't do that. Talk about independence. <laughs> the man can't fund everything in this country because then y'all turn around and cuss him out. But he owned everything, came in. And yet you be begging him to help you out when you need it. You can't have your cake and eat it too, honey, chill. You better be looking at that cake through the window. And good morning. 
says, um, thank you to Sandy for letting us know and see that our premier and the few members that sat through her speech, uh, we know they heard and hopefully listened to understand. Mm. Well, like I said, they may have won listening awards, but I don't know how well it really sinks in, but we shall see. I, I, don't, I don't think so, but anyway. Um, thank you, Siobhan, for voting. Um, Ms. Brenda says, Johanna, I agree 100%. She's our premier and should be addressed and treated with respect. In addition, she's earned it. Well, Brenda, you and I will have to disagree on the latter part. And um, I don't see where telling the truth is um, disrespectful in any way. There, there is certainly a lot that I could say about her, and I reserve my comments out of an attempt to be respectful. But you know what? Her being the premier is not the only thing that garnishes respect. She should carry herself in a particular way. And I hate to tell you, but in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, she does not fit the bill, none at all. Not from the looks department to the attitude department to the sourpuss face. Being able to um, criticize leaders, whether she's a premier or not, or leader of any country in this world, whether it's the United States of America or any other country, is a right that is reserved um, to not just the citizens of that country, but quite frankly, to uh, anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. And for the record, in case you didn't get it, let's talk about sarcasm. I can assure you that... Um, that uh, what's his name there? Johan was not being serious at all. I, I, I don't feel there will be any fear of contradiction. He was actually being sarcastic. But if y'all feel a way about it, then I mean, go take it to Julie. She might be able to help you. Uh, Siobhan says, exactly, Miss Sandy. I agree. Strong Wilt says them Jamaicans would say she's not ready yet. And not everybody is, um, you know, not everybody is, is premier material. I mean, perhaps we need to have that conversation one of these days, honey chill. Anyway, um, the vote so far is an astonishing 95% in favor of a new courthouse versus a BRAC uh, uh, school. So keep on voting, share the links with your friends, encourage them to uh, participate as well. I'm going to send out the link to the WhatsApp group. Um, so thank you so much um, for sending me this forward. Let me send it to, I'm going to do Washington Boulevard. I'm going to do the Windsor Park group. I'm going to do the Lower Valley group. And then I'll send it to, um, I will send it to the Florida people, Caymanians in Florida. Anybody else I'm missing out? And share it with some of you or in other groups that obviously I'm not a part of. <clears throat> so please share it to those people as well. This person says, I respect the office of premier of the Cayman Islands. I do not respect the current premier, Judy Sana. She does not represent the women of the Cayman Islands, and she needs to just stay in the brack. Obviously, she suits them. Whew. Damn. Mm. Mm. Like I said, we're all entitled to her opinion, that's for sure. And uh, people feel very strongly about her. You know, I, I wasn't necessarily feeling strongly about her until recently because I was trying to do my best. This is shots fired. Kaboom! I need to have a little shots fired button, like, like a little pop, 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 <laughs> I'm the worst with sounds. But, um, you know, people, people do and have, you know, 
I, I was trying to reserve feeling strongly about her. I got to be honest with you. My gut feeling was like, eh, no. But, you know, I, 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 was, I was trying and I tried my best. I really, really tried my best. And I'm sorry, but it is what it is. Can't hide how you feel about people, honey, chill. And uh, just for those of you who might doubt that I misread that last statement, I'll put it on the screen. Oh, that's the wrong one. Hold on. That's the wrong one. Hold on. <laughs> I was like, let me put it on the screen for y'all just in case you think Sandy just made that up. Nobody didn't say that about Juliana, you know. Sandy be making this stuff up. Nobody commented. There it is. You hear what they say? I respect the office of premier of the Cayman Islands. I do not respect the current premier, Judy Sana. Mm, mm, mm. She does not represent the women of the Cayman Islands. What a hot mess, I tell you. Eh, it's Friday. Let's talk about some scammeration and consumer protection because that is another area. Um, JC says, uh, not into politics, but give her a chance until she proves us otherwise. Well, that's the point, JD, uh, JC, sorry. Um, she has proven us otherwise. <laughs> In more ways than one. I could give you a long list, but we don't got time for that today because time is, is of the essence, but we'll, we'll get there. Just keep listening and you'll see. Uh, just the latest decision she made with that land deal in Cayman Brack uh, smacks of, of corruption. How much more proving you want people to do? I'm just wondering. All right, folks. Scammer Thursday, Friday. Uh, Siobhan says, I know I don't hide my feelings about people. If I like you, I show it. Same way, if I don't like you, I also show it or tell you. Uh, Miss Sue says she's definitely not for Cayman Islands. No way. What a hot mess. Okay, so listen here now. I want to talk about this scammer by the name of um, Garfield Rob. This man is something else, honey chill. Let me try and find the clean version of... Um, Oh, gosh. Excuse me. Mm. Let me try and find the clean version of this audio because this man got one potty mouth. Now, I, in theory, I have nothing wrong with a potty mouth, but his potty mouth didn't even make no sense because he was saying all kind of foolishness that just don't make no sense. <clears throat> he is um, just... The worst kind of people that we do not want here, he is an example of exactly what we need to be filtering out of this country. But you know, when our own people decide to marry these individuals who have no scruples, who have no morals, no, no moral compass, nothing good about them, this is what we end up with and then we can't get rid of them because some of our Caymanians are so foolish that they will remain with someone regardless of the caliber of individual that they are. Isn't that disgusting? Let me see now. Um, is this what I'm looking for? Oh Lord, that's not it. Hold on, trying to find the, trying to find the audio, the clean audio. Um, construction scammer voice note, is that the one? Oh yeah, he's not a construction scammer. He's a, he's the guy who does the, um, He's the guy who does the shutters. Listen, he goes by different names now. So he's um, come up with aliases, including <laughs> JC says his, his last name alone is a red flag. I know, right? Robbing people, literally. 
Um, but he comes up with all these different aliases um, to now try to hide because Garfield Rob is a very popular name out in these streets, honey child. And so he be hiding out. Let me see if I can pull in this audio. He be hiding out trying to um, not let y'all hear that it is actually or know that it's actually him. And he's like scamming, like, oh, send it to this bank account to Butterfield. <clears throat> That's the wife's bank account. So she know well what is going on. This dude is, <clears throat> if you look up scammer in the Webster dictionary, his picture is right next to it. And so I need y'all to memorize this man's face and warn yourselves and be cautious. People are still recommending him to their friends. And then afterwards, they're like, oh my God, Sandy, I didn't realize that that was him. Because he goes by the name Chris. And, and he has burner numbers, constantly changing his phone number. Pay attention. Make your brain now take in who this scammer is. And listen to the audacity of this voice note. After owing someone in our community, a good, upstanding woman in our community decided to retain his services. Right? <clears throat> and then she has to subject herself to being cursed out by him and by him threatening her. Because when you hear this voice note, you understand the not so not, not so subtle nature of his threats. And then he has the audacity talking about Ma Road. Let me tell you something. I feel like I should go into the 1030 hour now, you know, and tell him something about his backside. Don't be, don't, don't call out my name and none of your foolishness. So she still owes him a thousand dollars because he not did the job. She says, good day, Miss Sandra. Happy New Year. By chance, do you have the name of Garfield Rob's wife? I believe she's in the business. I believe she, she is the business holder for their company. I need to make a formal complaint to DCI and RCIPS and may need that information. I remember him on your show saying he, I have work to finish for the lady that work at CNB. I'm still waiting uh, some one year and two months later. Okay, now hear what this little crooks has to say about, oh, if y'all live somewhere else, you wouldn't be able to scandalize people's name. We're scandalizing. That's not scandalizing you because what we're saying about you is the truth. You are a damn scammer. Stop scamming people. You wouldn't be able to do this in Jamaica, I bet you that. Here the donkey. You know me, I know where I am, what happened to mm -hmm. me, what happened to my family and nothing at all. You don't see judging, mm -hmm. judging, talking. And judging talking, you talking, based on what you do, donkey. And when, hey, let me tell you one thing, man. Let me tell you one thing, man. It's just because Una Island and a feast of boy. Una? And a feast of boy. Una live in a safe environment. Actually, we do live in a safe environment. And we would like to be able to live in a safe environment free of scammers like you, dude. That's what we would really love. Una can just talk about people and try to, to fool around people. You see, if people ever assume in Miami or Jamaica, mm. we want to go say, Oh, hey, want to go my friend? Uno fi leave really? people alone. No, sir. Uno fi leave people alone. Uno fi leave people alone. If you are coming and can get me till that January third, you know what happened. If nothing wrong with me and my family, I'll make you okay, man. Whatever you, you are, talk, 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 talk. Like say, boy, imagine me have you shot them by your place. Put on. Me not install them as yet. And you keep on. Scammer. Hey. <laughs> 
Cha-cha-cha. You keep on you keep on pressing people button just like old Marwood girl can't go no way off look over his shoulder. Um hello, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Don't call my name into your dirty stink scammeration mouth. Okay. I can't go nowhere, sir. I have a decent reputation. You not got none. You're a damn scammer. Check yourself. Don't be putting. Listen, don't even call my name and your dirt amount. You hear me? You're too dirty and nasty. Your ways are unbecoming. Do not call my name or have anything to say about me. You are a thief. That's what you are. A common thief at that. And his MO is he will come and put down shutters by your place, all used up, scraped up shutters to make you believe that he soon come and do the job. This was all came out in evidence in court because a man has about 10 charges of obtaining property by deception. That's a fancy term for being a thief because that is what he is. I am sick and tired of people like him coming to this country and then you have the audacity after you've benefited from what this country has and you still couldn't fly straight to talk about, oh, Maud, we can't go anywhere. I go into the United States of America and walk around. I don't have to look over no friggin' shoulder. Sir, shut your nasty scammeration mouth. I bet you one thing, you were Jamaican, yes? Go to Jamaica and try and scam the number of people that you've scammed here in the Cayman Islands. By the second person, they would have found you in a hole somewhere. Because Jamaicans not going to ramp with you. They're not going to play no games with you, son. So you're the one, quite ironically enough, who would be looking over your shoulder. Thousands of dollars this man has scammed off of people. Go to CMR and read the stories for yourself. Looking over your shoulder. You can't even go around with your own name. That's how dirty you are. You have to hide and pretend you're somebody else. You have to hide and use your wife's bank account. I don't have to do nothing like that. I have my own bank account to tell people, here's my business. I actually have a business license. You don't even have a business license anymore. You are scamming people left, right, and center. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. Hello, darling. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Listen, we got so many of these damn scammers in this country. Trust me. And, 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 and it's, it's, it's ridiculous to have to say, but most of them is of one nationality, mm-hmm. right? Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have dealt with so many of them, and the majority are not honest, right? <sighs> they will tell you that the only thing a Jamaican cannot do is tell the truth. Well, let me tell I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you when you use the word majority. But even if I it's 20%, it's to, I, uh, no, I, I understand. But I don't, <laughs> no, I understand. But I well, think that it's, it's one too many. That's for sure. Sandy, mm-hmm. just let me know where I can find this AH and I will take a baseball bat and I will give him some Caymanian justice. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll give you his number to call him to, to install some shutters. Call him Chris because, boy, he is one crook. Thank you, caller. He is one serious crook. I mean, this man is something else. 
He crooked one police officer, right? And the police officer, quite interestingly enough, he'd been on the force for some 30-something years. And trust me, the officer get vexed. He said, Sandy, I'm, I, I tell that man I got to break your, fr- you know what, legs. Uh-huh. And he looked like he started to get a little bit scared because he was trying to roll up on the man with his attitude. Like, oh, you know, you can't touch me. And the man pick up some. He said, listen, I will knock your blood clot. Yo, the man realized that he, he, he dealing with the wrong one. Then he started to run from him. What a coward. Look at him. Look at him good. This is the face of a thieving, no good coward that is taking money from hard working people in this community. You know that it's not easy getting money to install shutters. I can't even afford to get no shutters on my house as much as I'd like to get them because they are very expensive. And I have one bag of windows. So people give this man thousands upon thousands of dollars and he is stealing their money. Come and throw down some old shutters that he took from another location. Bring them to your location so you say, oh, okay, well, he did drop off some shutters, so maybe he's really going to do it. Continue to listen to this man. Him dirt to bad, you know, trust and believe. So don't want to live your life. Mm-hmm. You don't leave people alone, you know, don't leave people alone. You don't leave people alone because you feel so you live in a safe environment. And we can't tell people I came in and get away with it. We don't go nowhere. So no feel no go nowhere. But you can't go nowhere and you still get a conviction. Oh God, what what got to we now? No feel leave people alone, not to begin. Me, not tell people, you know. Because me know the world small and I got Miami a lot. I got Jamaica a lot. Of course you do. Right now. You tell people you travel in the country. Of course you can travel Miami and Jamaica a lot because you travel on people's money. And not your money. You're going on a nice vacation on people's money. Stop it. Of course. I mean, it's so interesting about how he told me he can travel a lot. Really? Even though even around people are came on their land, they must uh, go to Miami one day. And they must go to Jamaica. They must go. Sir, I go to Miami all the time. And I go to Miami airport. And I tell you one thing. You would not roll up on me up in Miami. I can tell you that. Don't even think about it. Jamaica is your country, so that might be a totally different situation. But Miami not your country. United States of America is not your country. So make sure you know what you're saying. And this, in my opinion, is a very serious threat that should be handed over to the RCIPS. This man need a good box upside his head, you know? Trust and believe me, I don't believe in violence, but there's some people that clearly need a good thumping. Panama, somewhere you can butt up and say, Yo, remember me when I f around me? Who don't leave people alone? Make me do that oh, thing, Bridget. Till you have January, hurricane season the next six, seven months, and you call me for the meat, and you owe me money. Right? You, you owe me more than what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut right now. Right? Make the one do for you. I'll be like a man. Hurricane season, they're a million miles away. Right? And you keep on pressing me button, Bridget. Chat about this quote being a quote business. Let me tell something, Virgin. Quote house no make for dog, it make for human being. <laughs> you know, make I don't for even dog, know. Make for go, make, make, I don't know what he means for go, that. Make, make money. Right? What, what, what he mean it not made for, it not made for dog? Because he's in court? 
Well, I mean, calling him a dog would be an insult to dogs. So I don't want to insult dogs. But yes, it's made, it's made for human beings like you who keep stealing money from people. That's who it's made for. And that's why you up in court. So you will come criticize me. I can talk about me. Check your f- that. Your father one of the biggest f- criminal in the real estate business. Everybody know that. There's nobody who talks about your father. Mother hmm? right? people, you rob. Go to a million places and ask about him. So just leave me alone, Bridget. Let me come to your work and get done, Bridget. You, you know what happened to me. You know what I'm going to say, talk. Me and calling a friend, you know. Me and calling a friend. But you make me become a enemy now. Straight up, me and tell the truth. You put me list, you have me enemy now. And you can do go up on the internet and go up and go up and whatever you want go up and fool around people. You know, just back up for people sometimes, Bridget. You know, just leave people alone, Bridget. You know, understand the Bridget. You know, understand people, yo, yo. Understand, you, you crooks? never come and get me yet. No more something wrong with where they get me or something wrong with where they get me. Hmm? What do you mean? But you can go up and talk about, about court and this. Mark, look at Marky Babu. He doesn't have court. <laughs> look at the pigeon. He doesn't have court. Oh, my God. Just a second, you know. Of all the people that he had to call their name, talking about look on this one, look on that one, the best you could do is McKeever Bush. She's some piece. Now, you know you're not got no sense when you got good allo. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. Okay, man's dirtiest politician is who you must say. Oh, look, Pan Makiva Bush. Him not got court. Him in court too, you know. Right. Oh, you're, you're, everybody know your father, they're crooked. Mm-hmm. This is when you have a typical thieving narcissist who thinks that they can play mind games with you. Right? He talking about everybody else who's a crook but him. Somebody just said it's people, it's people like this who make it bad and all the good people who come to Cayman and want to integrate into a community and who are honest. Dude, seriously. You need to hush him out. You're a crook. So right, so right, so right, somebody got quit. Hmm? People who be and then can't got quit, people who be can got quit. So, 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 you, uh-huh. you, hear the you hear the stuttering when him lie? Nobody not owe him no tens and thousands of dollars. It's the opposite, but you see when he start lying. <laughs> Stutteration. I believe I'm going to go into overtime pun social media today. He's going to get the first cussing out of the new year. Who says yes? Oh, God. I was trying to behave until February. Why are y'all encouraging badness? Minute left in radio. And then I'm going to give this man a proper, a proper cussing out. He won't cuss people. I'm going to cuss you, Garfield. Rob, your old teeth. Haley and Drew and Leroy like, yes, we're here for it. Siobhan says, yes, y'all bad. Let's continue to hear more of this scammer. No, 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 no. Money, budget. What about no money? People who don't owe people money. Stop your lying. People who me just like oh, you owe me. We don't go back at them place because they don't want to pay me. And then let me let me just pause it there. I'll play the rest of it in the after show. Radio listeners, thank you so much. We we finally I think have resolved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hold on, hold on. Where's my Hallelujah button? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We have resolved, I do believe, successfully two days now without any audio issues. And it turns out it looks like it was just a simple cable. What a hot mess. Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for Marlon. Now, don't y'all run and go tell Marlon that Sandy cussing on the radio because I'm going to turn off the radio and then this cussing will commence. Your Honor, Scammer Court is now in session. <laughs> Folks, pun the radio. Y'all have a fantastic and safe weekend. Please be good. Behave yourselves. We will catch you on Monday, hopefully. Take care. Mm-mm-mm. Honey, child, we live on the after show. Sandy, yes, you owe me a gift because I don't want that text and told you said some wiring problem. Hi, yes, sir. You got a mug? Have a blessed <laughs> you have one of your mugs yet? No, 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 no. Mess- Not yet. Message me and you shall get your mug. <laughs> okay, honey, child. All right, honey, child. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, Miss Donna says, yes, we're ready. Cussing out these kinds of people needs to be deported. All right, you little fucker. Listen to me now. Garfield Rob going around robbing people. I don't care if you name Garfield, Chris, Delroy, um, Super C, Justified, Times 50. I don't give a damn what name you're going by. You are a scammer. Stop lying. Nobody don't owe you money. The few people that wised up to your scam before they had paid you in full, yes, they are fortunate that they have not paid you any more money. You are a disgusting piece of shit. That's what you are. Let me make it very, very clear. Stop scamming people. You and your wife, because she wants to pretend like she's innocent, but she is the very vessel that you are using to scam people. And we need to hold more than one people accountable for this man. Where is this case in the judiciary, by the way? Yeah? Why has he not yet been convicted? Oh, I'm sorry. Because a simple case like this, a grand court matter, simple theft, can take years to go through the court system because they not got enough space. And they're juggling case loads. And the judges don't even see this as a priority because oh we got a murder case over here we got a shooting case a rape case so garfield robin his thieving self is all the way down the totem pole and will have more victims because of what the court system is just boggled down build a new courthouse and stop the madness This man is a crook if I have ever seen one. He can't even walk straight. He's so fucking crooked. Hmm? His mouth crooked, his walk crooked, his spine crooked, everything crooked about him. He's disgusting. Do you know how hard it is, right? For people to put together thousands of dollars to hand to this no good man. And then he has the audacity. Listen to him. Have my things panning all same way and then can we go court? Oh, you f***ing fool can we go court and you have my things How many fucking cases against you in court? The last one was at least 10 charges. And they had dropped some because he had started to pay those people back. But had done the exact same thing to them, you know? And he no. told my people owe him come money? On, come on, come on. Come on? You need Look to come you on. Keep alone, Virgin. You don't know what going on people level. You don't know nothing. That's why black people is so hard. Black people, shut your fucking black mouth. 
black people. I'm a black person who takes pride in being a black person because you know what? An honest black person. You give black people a bad name. You give Jamaicans a bad name. I don't know what part of Jamaica you're from, whether Kingstonian or whatever, but you're giving them a black name, a bad name too. Try and hush. Now he can play the race card. I mean, he's gone through so many different excuses in this voice note. I can't even believe it. Now it's, um, oh, you know, oh, black people. Eh. Shut up. You're not a decent person. And it doesn't make a difference what color you are. You could be purple like, like that. Um, what was the little purple dragon that y'all used to, um, uh, burn, what his name was, Bernier or Buffy or whatever the heck his name is that you had your children watching, you could be as purple as him and it would not make you an honest person. Huh? Garfield, you're a crook. Chris, you're a crook. Whatever name you're going by, you are a damn crook. Barney, yes, you could be as purple as Barney and you're still a damn thief. Rise at this country, at this country are full up here. This small island here, the most wickedest, bad mind, this corruption people upon this island here. Yes, they live in a rock. You, you, the most wickedest, by bad-minded, corrupt people like you. You bring it to Cayman, huh? You bring your nasty, dirty ways to our shores. So yes, if you're going to say those things, and please look at the man in the mirror, because you are the type of person that we do not want here. We do not need here. You're scamming your own people. You're scamming expats. You're scamming Caymanians. You have no scruples about you whatsoever. You know the man even scammed a doctor in Pasador Place? The woman gave him thousands of dollars and he never did it. She had to go hire another guy to install and get shutters for her. Garfield Rob, shut your fucking mouth. You're too nasty and disgusting. Threatening people about going Miami? Tell me the next time you won't go Miami. I will get on the plane with you. Since you're talking about people can't be in airport, they be, be skidding up at you. Not no skidding up around this fucking place. I will get on the same flight as you, get off in Miami airport, and you're going to see what's skidding up going to happen. Nobody not got no time to skin up with somebody like you. I would not even look and spit in your direction because you're so dirty and nasty. You're a thief. Who do you think you are? Mo, you can't go Miami. Oh, you won't be up in my face to skin up. <laughs> Dude, uh, where, where are you living? Do you live in the real world? You're the one hiding from people. Changing your phone number. Changing your very name. Because huh? your name is so soiled and stomped on. When you come out of court, you got to run fast and try and hide out from the camera and the court reporters. Sir, you need to tell the people the truth about the caliber of individual that you are. You are no good. And I don't care what, I don't care if you're black, Jamaican, whatever. The bottom line is you are a no good scammer. Let us start there. Nothing else matters. So stop trying to threaten people with this foolish voice note that you're sending around to people. Because you're going to buck up on the wrong person with your scamming and they're going to take one of those shutters and knock your blood clot head off with it. That's what's going to happen to you. Keep fucking around with people and their money. I'm just saying. You're running from that police officer when you see how serious he got, though. He was going to knock you the fuck out. All of a sudden, you start running then.
That pay no who to frighten. Keep it up. You live on a rock. Mm-hmm. Because they think they live, they live in a safe zone. You don't feel leave people alone, Bridget. Safe zone. It has been a safe zone to people you like you. You come to Miami. I see people from Cayman who me know and they don't know me. You know how much time me go Miami airport. What? What is he talking about? I'm with these same people them, who don't know bombing with them. Oh, what is so, the time? So, but so because because the Caymanians are decent people and not gonna knock you down when they see you on a plane or in Miami airport, you think that that makes you special? You're not like I say, you're not buck up on the right one yet. You've not done it to the right one yet. You're gonna do it to the right one, and they're gonna box you down no matter where you're at. Me second place down Miami, me take up the Virgin. Me second home down Miami. I don't know what's going on on Miami. I'm probably dying in big time place to go. Uh huh. Wait, hold on here now. He claim he can afford place in Coral Gable. What you need to do is stop stealing from people to be able to afford this lifestyle. Because if you can afford to have a second home in Coral Gables, that the people that money it even stealing and building a house in Coral Gables. That way you've been doing. Yes, Dean Shalat says he's been doing this a long time. Looks like the bigger the crook, the bigger the luck, the better the luck. Like I say, he not buck up on the right person yet. Who gonna deal with him? They come in Miami every time in Miami. Mm-hmm. So if you leave people alone, Bridget, you don't know what Bridget, you leave people alone when people do them things and get things out of Bridget. You don't leave people on top and judge people, top and criticize people, top and break down people. Mm-hmm. People will be... People don't want to get... From December, from, from November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell them you call them no answer. No answer, no answer. What me go do? Put them on Facebook, put them on Marvel, somebody with money. No. You're a train hash. No. Me respect everybody's privacy. Come on, know what I'm to the man or the woman. Me know what even. All right. Let me just stop listening to his lies. My brain can't take the fuckridge no more. Okay. Let me just tell you something. This man is trying to play mind games with people. Why oh, are you struggling with people? Don't put him on social media. Thank God you are on social media because the amount of victims that would be lying behind you otherwise is absolutely shocking. This is what one person said about him recently. They said, um, yes, Clarestina McGowan, that's the wife or something. So I know of two persons that he stole from. (laughs) Okay. One is a family member. Another one is a close friend. We've especially felt terrible about the friend as they asked who did ours and we gave his number. He never scammed us. Uh, must have been God's protection. I didn't find out until a few weeks back. Chris, this is the name he going by now. Let's call him, shall we? Let's call the bitch. Hmm.
Hello. Hello, Chris. Garfield. Garfield, this is not Morning. Chris. What? What is this? Who this is? This yeah. is this is Sandra Hill. Mm. So, so what are you calling me for? Garfield, Chris, whatever name you're going by these days. You did a voice note recently. You're on the air, by the way, right? On a live stream, but I want to set you straight. You did a voice note the other day where you call up, come out the lady from Mall Road and call up my name. Don't put my name in your fucking scammeration dirt him out. You hear me? Man, I'm playing no games with you. You say, oh, people go Miami. And, 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 and oh, they, they're scared of you. They're saying hi to you. You tell me when you want to go to Miami. I'll make sure I'm on the next plane with you. And you and I can go. And you can see if I be scamming up and skinning up in your face. Nobody not got no time to skin up with you. Garfield, you are a common thief. And you need to stop stealing from people. You, you, you don't know yeah, what's going on. I don't know what's going on. What's going on? Let me tell you something, my mom. You've been uh, doing this for years. What is going let, on? Let, let me tell you one thing. All right, tell me. They have one back door for insult for the lady. One. I'm not talking about her. Forget her. Garfield, you're in court with 10 charges. You've been scamming people for years. You are one of the most prolific scammers in Cayman. I have a sister that you scammed. I have a cousin that you scammed. I have friends that you scammed. People want to scam me. Why? Why? Listen, November, you know, one man forgive me. 25 grand. I, I know me can't find Nobody him. should not give you one single red cent because you're a fucking thief. Done. I know me can't find him. So how cause me I go use money to make money? Listen to me. Tell me. Stop. No, you no, tell you me. are a thief, Garfield. You've been stealing from people for talk, years. Talk, talk where you want to talk. Me talking the truth. Me talking the truth. Listen, me talking the Jamaica anytime. Yeah, but you go Jamaica and scam people? Let me ask you that question. You going to Jamaica and scam people? Listen. When me go to Jamaica, I'm not left it. When me go to Jamaica, I'm not left it. Well, you need to go there and stay there. Have, we don't want miss, you here no have, more. Listen, listen. When me go to Jamaica, I'm not left it. Let me tell that. What do you mean you're not left it? Go to Jamaica right. and scam your own Jamaicans and see what they're going to do for you. No, nobody not scam about it. People are scam people. Instead. Nobody can about it. Who, 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 who scam people? Oh, my God. How many people are you going to scam? Oh, what? The little bitch hang up the phone? Listen to me. Call. Yeah, you, you, you have an argument to make, but people owe you money. What are you hanging up the phone for, Garfield? Don't Listen, hang up. No, no, you're scamming more people today? You're scamming more people today, <laughs> I'm say if you're scamming more people. Who are you working for? Which boss? Not for about that one. We're working enough people. People see me come every day and give me work. So, so I don't want to talk about me. I don't want to talk about me. That come like, no, not that. Because people see me every day and come. My phone ring 24 self Oh, yeah. Me, so that, that's me why you busy. have to change your name listen, to Chris. Listen, me, me busy from last year until now, me the same way. Yeah, and right. that is why you have to change your name. That is why you have to change your name to Chris. My name is still Garfield. And people see me no man can answer. Listen, why you don't have a business license? Why you don't have a business license? Listen, people see me my world last week and call me and call me and tell me, say, they have one porch, maybe right. I'm just saying, oh, me can't know because maybe I'm proper right now. So every day they call me, every day. Well, you know what they say about a fool? You know what they say about a fool and his money? I can't protect everybody from you. 
But I guess I guess you know already that you've lost a lot of business. That's why you're hiding out under these fake aliases. Last, last business, Bubba, there with things I may do. What mm -hmm. I may have to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So there's nobody can stop me out of my business. Mm -hmm. Me fully loaded. Me fully loaded. Of course. That. I'm sure fully you are. Fully loaded. So I'm sure you are. Jamaican, because you Jamaican, I'm Jamaican, I'm Jamaican, I'm fully loaded. I tell them, me fully loaded. Nobody can touch me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know where the, what that's supposed to mean, but you say, you say you have a house in Coral Gables, right? You're so, you're so rich. So when the court finds you guilty and orders you to repay all this money, I'm glad you're saying publicly that you're fully loaded and you have the money to pay it back. Listen, money is nothing to me. Okay. Me a white man from Ted, from Farm text us send me eight hundred thousand dollars one time. Let me tell that. But me not tell which bank. She know that. We can see and know that. I'll eat only thousand dollars in one bank one time. Mm -hmm. So money not attached to me. Me not broke. I'm a fully loaded. Let me tell that. A Jamaica me have all the money at Jamaica. Let me tell that I'm big business. Okay, Mister. Mister Rich, right Mister Rich <laughs> man. So if that is the case, then why do you have to go around scamming hardworking people out of their money? I don't understand. Nobody now scam nobody. If all right, me go do a video answering to you. What, what happened to your court case? What happened to your court case? Me now, me lay a deal with that. Right. I see business that. I business that. How many charges? How many charges you had against you in court? Did they? They? Listen, they've finally settled on ten. People think me rich. I'm a Jamaican court fan from 2000, from 1995 back on court. I'm a working for the fan from 1995. I don't want nobody no million dollars. More somebody like five hundred dollars of a thousand. That's all. But tell that. Well, for someone who claims that he's a millionaire, that should be very easy for you to return that money then. What's the problem? I'm not a millionaire. When I tell you, I'm fully loaded. I tell you, Bank of America, well, Fargo, I'm fully loaded. May I tell you that? I tell you that. So, I'm fully loaded. I'm fully loaded. I'm fully loaded. I'm fully loaded. Yes, ma'am. I'm fully loaded. I'm fully loaded. I'm fully loaded. Boy. So, iterate and done some fool and don't waste your time with him, please. Mm, mm, mm. What please, please, cut yeah. him off, cut him off. Yeah, Thanks. he hung up again. <laughs> Thanks, my dear. Okay, wow. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, he's so fully loaded, but yet has to scam poor people. Miss Debbie says he's feisty. Felipe says that boy only gives Jamaicans a bad name. Um, Mount need to fix. Um, Karen says teeth. Uh, stop teeth. It's not good. Valerie says Pinocchio, every time he lies, a, tells a lie, a part of him malfunctions, we wish. Uh, JC, that man incriminating himself live, fully loaded, not with common sense, though. <laughs> Mr. Goodluck says fully loaded, a.k.a. Obia works. He's talking about Obia. Lord have mercy. No, sir. Uh, Karen says he's busy scamming people, loaded of what? You understand? My God, I heard the truck door alarm. He's a damn liar. Never see, ne come see, says Miss Olive. The guy needs some serious uh, help from the mental ward is calling him. Boy, he just, he has gotten so used to scamming people that I don't think that, honestly, he knows anything else to do. And like I said, it's sad because it is hardworking people <clears throat> like you and me, no, not me, giving him money and then he don't complete the job. He don't finish the job talking foolishness about people owe him money. Haley says he not loaded with sense. Oh. 
Yasmin says, guard ring soon run out. Mm -mm. This other person says, Sandy, now you know what a foolish fuck. Yes, sir. A person says, with the house and swamp too, he need to go sit down. Oh, so he got his little house and swamp, but Tama, he's so rich. My God. I tell you, some people so stupid. This person says, first class idiot. I had to jump off. So just coming back on to hear this foolishness. Oh, thank God you got your words um, out today to him. If getting all that money, he don't need to work then. So how he say he don't owe nobody a liar. At this point, whoever he scams deserves it, says this person. <laughs> Another person says, I'm homesick with the flu today and you're killing me. Laughing. I can't believe he answered the phone. He don't know he live. Oh, he know. He, oh, listen. The man both so bad, you know. Y'all can hear it. Him both so bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't blame y'all questioning his sanity. LMAO, he's delusional. I think uh, it's a Jamaican thing. God forgive me for trying for typing it. Lord have mercy. He's not the only delusional one. Let's talk about another one here today. Oh God. I'll do the PG version of this on Monday show. Because sometimes I feel like our social media people, uh, our radio listeners kind of miss out if they don't come back and listen to the after show. Um, Gabby says, tell him to go to Honduras or Cuba. Child, please. Like I said, he can't even scam people in Jamaica. Donna says he fully loaded with tricks, scammer. <laughs> Stella says loaded with what? Lord have mercy. Strong Wilt says he fully loaded with shit <laughs> and it run down. For having so much mouth, says Sophia. Oh, the house and swamp. <laughs> He's so stupid. Sonia says, what is he fully loaded with? Maybe he has a magic, he has, he's a magic mushroom, says Debbie. I don't know what he's on, but the dude is a next level scammer. You see, when we start to ask the facts, what's going on with the court case? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta leave my lawyer. I leave that to my lawyer. Oh my God. Seriously? Um, D-Dan, his name is Garfield Rob. He goes by Chris and other names as well. Please, I'm going to put his picture back up. As the other listener to the program said, if y'all get scammed by him now, don't come to me because by now you should know this man is not straight. He claimed to get all this work. He is a damn scammer. His wife's name is Clarestine McGowan. She uses, um, he uses her bank account at Banker Butterfield to, and maybe others, so just pay attention to the name. To um to be able to uh, have you send the money there because he not got no business license or anything. At one point, she used to have in her name, and I don't even think she has a business license anymore. So how is he allowed to go around robbing people and stealing from people? This is where the system fails us on a regular basis. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Poor wife. I don't feel sorry for her. Because she is letting him scam her and scam the good people of the Cayman Islands. She need to do better. She know exactly what this damn crook is doing. You think, right, that I would allow my husband to come to our beautiful island and scam people like this and tell them what they can send the money to my bank account and I can sit down and allow him do it? I know one thing. Let me show y'all something. Hold on here now. Mm-hmm. I can see if I can lift up my leg one little minute. Oh, God. This might be a tall order. I got back up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oi. Oh, God. Oh, hold on. You see that foot there? 
I need to be able to swing it a little bit higher. It looks like you see that foot there? I would use that and kick him back to Jamaica so quick. You're not coming to my country and scam nobody. Take that back to New Kingston, St. Mary, St. Anne, St. Catherine, Miami, wherever you want to take it to, but not yeah. Not if you come here through me. I'm sorry, Bobo. That's not going to work. Hmm. Y'all need to start having standards. Somebody says she's smart, but she can't be that smart. She's so smart and make this man using her like this. She can't be that smart, honey child. I don't know the woman, but I'm telling you, she can't be that smart. Who the hell this is calling me interrupting my after show? Good morning, caller. Hello? Yes? Oh, I'm actually still on air live at the moment. So can you call me back in maybe half an hour? Okay, thank you. Doctor's appointment, honey chill. Listen, the scamming has to stop. All right, let's talk about another scammer while we're at it. There's another idiot out there. God, I know there's so many, right? By the name of, hold on now. What his, what his name is again? Rashid. Uh, what Rashid name is again? This is the one again, money. Money business, scamming from people. Rashid, hold on. Uh, Miss Owen, tell you. We did a story back about this idiot back in 20, this was August of last year. Rashid Rahim Jervis. Remember him? Let me get the picture up. Rashid Jervis. Yes. This little Caymanian boy, I call him a boy because he not ready. He not ready to be no man. Don't want to pay his damn bills, but want to try me. And I'm glad I'm not on radio because what he's trying to do is bribe and extort money out of DMS. Take a good look at this idiot. Commit this face to memory, please. And thank you. This common jackass and thief, he a thief too. Because when you rake up bills and you don't want to pay them, what do you think you are? You are a common thief. That is what you are. So we reported on Rashid back in August about how he had this school bill from Montessori del Sol, $5,490 for a former student and won't pay his school fees. Now, let me tell y'all something. When people get around to suing you money, suing you for money, right? You can rest assured that they have exhausted and tried to do everything possible. Seriously, everything possible to not have to take you to court because it's going to cost them money, time, resources, getting their name out there in the public, that you owe them money. So they've tried everything. When somebody got dragged you in court for $5,490, you better believe that it's because they've exhausted all other options. These private schools, they'll pay you, they'll put you on a payment plan. They understand things are tough. And you want to send your little Caymanian child to a Montessori school, which is an excellent program for the record, but you can't really afford it. 
But they're like, you know what? We want to help you. Hmm? Prioritize your child's education, yes? But if you can't pay the tuition, <clears throat> then, you know, you got to figure something else out. Your child can't come there. But they will work with you, if at all possible. But you see, the problem now with somebody like this young man that you see here, Rashid, he cannot be helped. It's so sad. How can you go and rake up a bill and expect that you're not going to pay the bill? The worst part about it is this not the first time and it's not the only time. You Google the man name. He borrowed money from his employer. Good, decent accounting firm. Never paid them back either. He borrowed over $10,000 from someone and turned around and put the family home up for collateral. Not even the family home. His poor mother-in-law, I don't know where he, where he get her from, gonna give him a name of home in his name, transfer it in his name because he's one of those that, oh yeah, he always got a business idea. Oh, I have a business idea. I want to sell you in this idea, blah, blah, blah. He's so full of pipe dreams. And all he's doing is living above his means. Pipe dreams and not a pot to piss in and using other people hard earned money. Yes? To hoodwink them. That is what this Rashad boy be up to. This is what he is doing. He should be ashamed of himself. So when we called him out, let me tell you what the little bitch did. We call him out, yes? Pay your fees. We reported on it. Mm-hmm. Tell him, pay your fees. It's pretty simple as far as I'm concerned, you know. <laughs> pay your fees. No, no, no. He don't want pay no fees. So what are you going to do? Instead of paying his fees, returning this money, he has been harassing me since August of last year. Him and the girlfriend. I don't know who the girlfriend is, but she's as dumb as him. Been harass harassing me left, right, and center. Oh, can you take down the article? They have tried everything under the sun to get me to take down this story about him. And I have said no. Because when you're a scammer, especially in a country as small as Cayman, one of the things that they enjoy the benefit of is their ability to continue to scam people and to remain anonymous in so doing. And this is exactly what he'd been doing. Hmm? He didn't want anybody to call him out. And I said, well, I feel sorry for you, son. <laughs> Not on my business. You do the crime, you do the time. You've been scamming all these people. Take a good look at him. I don't want y'all to forget his face. Hmm? That's what he looks like. That's him. So he has been messaging me, emailing me, message after message after message. The last time he e emailed me, I'm going to find the message, you know. Hold on. Let me see. Rashid. The last time he had the nerve and audacity to message me was in October. And you know, then I was on vacation. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, you know, do not message me again. 
He sent one long email trying to find out who my source is, who told me this. Went and borrowed $10,000 from one person, allowed them to use the home as collateral because, oh, yeah, I got to return your money with 20, 25% return in this and that and blah, 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 blah. Making all kind of fake and false promises. Didn't pay it back. And you know how hard it is now when somebody doesn't pay you back to turn around and get that money back from them. Is that not not easy? That is not going to happen that easily. But this is exactly what this man is doing. I got to show y'all the message. What his name is again? Jervis. Let me show y'all something. And I got to show you the length that he has gone to to try to get me to take this story down. All right, hold on now. And I don't know who know this boy, but please tell this boy to stop fucking around. Tell him to stop it. You're not a good person when you do the things that you do. This is what he put out there. Look at this. Look at, look at the length of this message. What the fuck? You think I can read all this blood clot email plus attachments? You are a damn fool. Oh my God. The boy got so much energy. What you need to do is get energy for paying people back. That's what you must find your energy for. Here, what he got to start with. Good day, Sandra. I hope this email finds you well and you're enjoying your vacation thus far. Well, I was enjoying it until you decided to message me with your fuckridge. Because then vacation, I read the first paragraph and I stopped reading. Seriously. I'm like, dude, go find something else to do. I do apologize in advance for messaging you during your break. No, you don't. You really don't. However, I felt there was a few things that I need to bring to your attention that could not wait until your return. Really, dude? Are you serious right now? You know, I'm on, I'm on vacation in Greece, reading this bullshit on my phone. You see how long it is on a computer screen? Imagine what it looked like on my poor little iPhone screen. I was like, this man expect me to read a book? <laughs> he continues. I was actually hoping that you could possibly review this whilst on vacation. <laughs> Glory to God. Dude, why do you think they call it a friggin' vacation? Because I don't want bullshit like this coming to me. And get back to me as soon as you have a moment, please. Kindly also forgive me for the long read, really. But I assure you, it is definitely worth it. No, it wasn't, because I stopped reading after the first paragraph. You should also note that I have all the evidence to prove the below claims and will more than be happy to provide them to you. (laughs) He goes on and on and on about this loan for $15,000. Name the person, the company, the this, the that. He just goes on and on and on. Dude, you're not a good person. Right? I don't know what you're talking about. Hear what he say. 
Um, I am sure that you have part paid at least one of your credit facilities in the past. Would you have thought it would be fair for that institution, sorry, <coughs> to post it in the compass that you only made two partial payments to your loan? No, right? <laughs> mm. That's another one. He just goes on and on and on. Oh my God. I am kindly requesting that you you please do the right thing here and remove the publications about me that included my court filings and the personal data breach information that was shared to you, which was also included in that post. Dude, court filings are a matter of public record. Your ass was sued for not paying your bill. Stop it. I am far from a bad person, he says. I have not been asking the entire Cayman Islands for funds. Well, <laughs> thank God. That's supposed to be like a great thing. Like what the fuck? Seriously? Because you haven't asked everybody and came on for funds? Child, please. This boy not got no sense. Mm-mm. He's not been asking the entire came out as well. You asked one too many people, son, you need to stop it. He goes on talking about somebody, I'm guessing his relatives to him given the last name. Oh, she's a true narcissist in every aspect of the word. <laughs> And unfortunately, it's also my aunt who I made the mistake of asking for funds back in February of this year, but immediately came to my senses and told her I no longer require her financial assistance. Well, thanks for telling us all your business. <laughs> I don't know nothing about your aunt, but thanks for going into all that. Oh, he goes into a whole paragraph about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, this man talking ever about a business. Right? How would I be able to pinpoint who did this to me, he says. Well, I don't know what he's talking about. And if it was just recently approved, if I was just recently approved for $695,000, according to him, why would I even bother with asking anyone for funds if I knew that I was about to get through with a big loan to clear everything? You see, this is where the idiot think my name's simple. He don't, he don't, he don't know my name is Sandy. Not simpleton. Okay. They both begin with S. So I can see how you can get a little bit confused. Son, nobody not approve you for no money. Stop your fucking lies. Huh? Right? Didn't you have to go beg people for money to try and go get the loan approved? So how the hell you got it approved then? You know, when you go to the bank and you want to borrow $695,000 for whatever... You claim, oh, I got this house for my mother and all this and that. And I need to, I want to buy this. I want to do that. A startup and you, they want to see the money that is needed for the collateral in the bank account before they can even approve the loan. So nobody not prove it because you will go not begging from people claiming that you're going to get this loan approved and then you would pay them back. But in order to get the loan approved, you needed money to begin with. You see, you don't know how much people know because I'm sitting here actually keeping my mouth shut about a lot of different things. He tells me that my stories aren't adding up at all. Your sources' stories aren't adding up. I'm a fully qualified accountant, which makes all of this far worse than it should be. Um, Minister, I'm still, I'm still live. Can I call you back? Okay, yeah. Cool. Thank you. All right, cool. So, yeah. So this little boy told me he's a fully qualified accountant who has a bachelor's degree in mathematics from the University of Cambridge. 
and five months into completing my MSc in finance management and leadership. I was most recently a senior supervisor at Maples Group. They probably fired him. And was well and well and was well on my way to becoming assistant vice president. However, this December, however, due to your publications, it has put me in a position where my colleagues feel the need to undermine me in my position, really. You undermine your damn self. Mm-hmm. So I sadly decided to leave as it became really uncomfortable for me. And I also experienced passive bullying from my boss due to your publications, really. Gerard, Sherrod, Farad, Rashad. Stop the foolishness. You might have an accounting degree, but you have no accounting common sense. You have no budgeting common sense, right? It is so sad that you are living, obviously, beyond your means and you simply cannot afford to do so. Everybody uses payment plans all the time, right? We have insurance policies. You got a decent house. You know, one of your biggest bills outside of your mortgage is insurance. You can't find that money pay one time. They give you every month to pay it. Rashad is the type of person who can go out there, buy a Mercedes Benz because he wants to live a certain lifestyle, look a certain way in the eyes of the public, and then can't even afford to pay the insurance, the monthly payments later on said vehicle. Rashad, stop it. You my friend, need some help. Instead of sending me an email like this, Tom, he would be eternally grateful. If you could please consider my request as aforementioned, I must say this young man is well-written. It's such a shame because you could have a very bright future ahead of you, except you not got no common sense. He claims that I have, <clears throat> that I need to, um, this is what you say. I'm prepared to donate. Here I'm not I am prepared to donate. Oh, oh yeah, hold on. Where does he say this now? Um, I know you do not believe in revealing your sources. <laughs> Shocker. But I figured it out <clears throat> from the very beggars because people banging him. What? I don't go around begging. And it wasn't hard to figure out. I'm asking you to please do the right thing and confirm that shh, and he names a person, was the one who came to you to give my information to help with DPA complaint against this particular company. Okay. You just said that I don't reveal my sources, but yet you're going to ask me to reveal a source. <sighs> Stupid as fuck. Okay. I'm not sure what the cap is on this compensations, but depending on what I receive for the breach of CMC limited and Saxon. Oops. I wasn't going to call it anyway, whatever. I'm prepared to donate between $5,000 and $10,000 to CMR for their generosity and for the removal of the post and issuing of the public statement slash apology for unknowingly breaching my personal data. What the fuck? This man trying to bribe me? Ah. As mentioned, this will look good for CMR as far as the ombudsman is concerned. Oh, my tweetum. Oh. You're so stupid. First of all, media is not subject to the data protection law. Let me let me school you a little bit, Rashad. Because you might have an accounting degree, but like I said, you seem to lack a lot in the common sense department. 
Mm-hmm. It's not got nothing to do with no media breach. Huh? What are you talking about? Honestly, what the fuck? Then on top of that, you want me to confirm something which you have no idea what you're talking about because that is not the person I got the information from. So let me be very, very clear. I'll confirm to you it isn't who you think. Other people know your business. It's not a shocker. Other people know you don't like to pay your bills. Huh? Don't your woman know it? People talk. People know. So you're willing to give me donate, buy you off between five to ten thousand dollars for the, from CMR's generosity, brother. Let me be very, very clear to you now, because you need to pay attention. CMR don't need five to ten thousand dollars from you. Come, capiche? You understand what I'm saying? You can't bribe us. Trust me, some of the best have tried, and they're not going nowhere. We don't need your money. I work hard and have a decent living for my money. I don't need to take money from crooks like you that are out there being irresponsible and not paying your bills. You know how you affect other people when you don't pay your bills? The good ones like us, when we try to get a little payment plan, they're like, oh, well, Rashid didn't pay us back, so I don't know, maybe we have to stop the payment plans. Bribery and not going to work around, yeah, because we don't need your five or $10,000. So he planned on suing somebody else and telling us that when he sues them, he's going to pay us. My God. Boy, you need your head checked. He crazy. I will inform them that you all remove the publications about me, and it would also look good to the general public. <laughs> As they will see... You do not believe in breaching personal data of individuals or posting people who temporarily get into a financial rut. Uh, this is the first you're admitting to that. Really? You got into a financial rut? Hmm. He mentioned his cousin's name. Something about blaming her. Um, something about somebody throwing out his daughter who was then forced to go live with her boyfriend. Somebody, North Side, and she did not until she graduated high school. So technically, three years living with her boyfriend was only 14 to 15 at the time. I mean, this dude goes into one hole. In primary school, year six to be exact, the twin's father, who works fire safety. I mean, the dude just, I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Goes on and on and on. I'm like, dude, how about you just pay bills? How about that? Stop complaining about your family members and their drama and just go pay your bills. They're not made it to CMR yet, so you don't worry about them. Mm -mm. Anyway, like I said at the time, I could not be bothered reading it. Okay. So anyway, he complained to the ombudsman. They've come back and tell him, dude, go sit your ass down. You're not going to sense. This is not data breach protection, whatever the fuck you claiming it is. Okay. So what he then did, ooh, this getting, this getting saucer now. Take out the liquor. It's almost lunchtime. <laughs> Get the glass of wine, honey chow. What he then did 
I'm going to show you all this. He is really, he, this dude is sick. He, he got some mental health issues. I'm convinced that something not quite clicking, clicking around the place. He turned around and went to Wendy Ledger. You don't got to see this to believe it. Created a fake account. Ooh, shiver my timbers. I love it when they create a fake account and they think that they're hiding from somebody. Oh, y'all so stupid. Hmm? Create a fake account. Let me show y'all the name. So Wendy, let me be very honest with you. In media, we have a rapport with each other. Decent media. We're not including the compass in this now, to be clear. If, they, if, if Wendy's about to write a story about me, she's going to call me. Nothing wrong with that. And she's going to say, hey, Sandy, this person contacted me. Say they're suing you. Have you been sued or do anything about it? And I'm like, hmm, child, don't want to file a lawsuit in a minute. So that's news to me. I said, they got somebody going to sue me? Oh, okay. Well, let me just sit back and wait for it, I guess. This is what he sent her. Y'all not going to believe. Like I said, this is when you know something wrong. You know? Send her this. From somebody named Jahir Solvis created a Gmail account and everything. This was last week, Friday. Lawsuit, press release, confidential inquiry. <laughs> Send it to news that came my new service, Nikki Watson, Wendy Ledger. Good day, all. I've got the manners, though. My tweet, um, 14. Yes, honey child, got manners. Happy New Year. I hope this email finds you well. It's so funny how a lot of times we write in very similar ways and don't even know it. That's the exact same way he started out the other one. Good day, Sandra. I hope this email finds you well. Mm -hmm. I'm in the process of pursuing legal action against two organizations for a breach of my personal data. This information was sent to Cayman Mall Road by individuals of said organizations which then resulted in CMR publishing the data on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and also mentioned it on her show on Bobo 89.1 FM. CMR is also defendant in this lawsuit. Okay. An overseas PR company has advised that they're willing to prepare a draft 400-word news release letter outlining the complaint of the case for me to then send to the local news outlet for publishing. <laughs> However, they're charging me almost $2,000 to do this, which I do not mind paying as I have never, well, as I have never done something like this before. I just wanted to find out before proceeding with them whether it is a wise decision to do. What? Or do you all offer the same services where you could prepare the publications based off of the writ of summons that details the information. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing from you. Kind regards, Zahir, or whatever the heck this name's supposed to be. So when I got this, I was like, Wendy, I don't know who this person is. I mean, I looked at the name. The name doesn't ring a bell. I'm like, I don't have any clue who this is. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is a fake account. This is a, a, a burner account. Anyway, I'm like, well, 
Uh, you know what you do is when you're um, ready to sue somebody, you just sue them. You don't have to go around talking about you can do it. Just do it. <laughs> what the hell? So I'm not getting a lawsuit yet. I'm still waiting. She's not paying him no mind. She's like, nah, this is stupid. This is really ridiculous. Seriously. Anyway. He then turns around and sends correspondence to the very people he claims that he's going to be suing. <laughs> Woo-sa! Here you know. What is the first thing that he does? Now, you know people stupid when they got to do something like this. You're sending a so-called letter before action is what it's called. The little boy thinks that he's bright, but he really not bright. There's something off with him. He really don't have no sense whatsoever. Because he turns around and sends out a letter dated January the 10th, just two days ago. Letter before legal action. Please do not share the particulars of this letter with Sandra Hill, Cayman Mall Road, LLC. Dude. Are you stupid or are you stupid? I mean, seriously. You want to sue me and include me as a defendant, but yet you're trying to do a money grab from organizations and companies based on what you think, but oh, they mustn't tell me? Rasheen? Somebody say he's Eve Heivolch's brother-in-law. Yeah, I mean, I can see... Let me not go there. Oh, Lord Jesus. Sandy, behave yourself. It's a new year. We're going to keep it above board. But something definitely lacking in the intelligence department. Let me just put it that way. What is wrong with this dude? Are you for real now? Son, I said to him when he sent me that correspondence back in October, I said, Rashad, firstly, let me say that I've only glanced at what you've sent me. It's very long, and I won't be reading the full thing on holiday. Despite that, I have no clue what you're going on about at all. Huh? I don't have the details of this incident below, because like I said, he went into one rant. It's all news to me, and the only article that we've written about you is about owing school fees. Other information came my way of public records and people who know your business. I know, I know. That's funny about the LLC. That shows even more of what a donkey he is. And I said, the article slash lawsuit will not be removed. Okay? I put that in red and in bold. Stop messaging me. I went on to see a few other things about public records. And I said, there is zero need to message me further. I gave him some advice. I said, what I recommend you do is instead is to use this time to focus on sorting out your finances. I said, the ombudsman cannot help you. Falsely accusing people cannot help you. You say all these things about your supposed financial position, but yet some of your employers had to sue you for unpaid loans. I say to him, you seem really bad with your personal finances, despite having access to equity. Simply put, live within your means and pay your bills. I put that in bold too. 
Just in case he didn't get it. Something wrong with this dude. You have created a reputation of your own making. And now you're upset that people out here know your reputation. That's your own damn fault. Not at nobody's fault. What does that have to do with anybody? Right? Sort yourself out. Stop the foolishness. Stop borrowing money from people when you do not have it. Okay? And just keep, move on. Stop messaging me. I don't want to see your messages. I don't want to hear from your girlfriend. I don't want to hear from you. I'm not business with any of it. Cut it out. You need to do better. You have the intellectual capacity where you should be doing better. Live within your means. Stop it. If I have to tell you one more time, stop creating fake accounts, reaching out to media, stop trying to extort money from organizations and corporations. I hope you know that's a criminal offense. And if they send, if they get the police involved now because you're starting to try to extort money from them, you better watch yourself. You got to wreck yourself, Rashid. I'm telling you, you are now treading on very, very dangerous ground. But you see, somebody like Rashid, he's not going to listen. He's going to get himself in a world of trouble. Bribery is a criminal offense. You can't bribe me, and so you should not be bothered with it. I'm trying to find his gazillion messages. This is back in August 25th. Hi, Sandra. I mean, the boy loved to write, you know, look here. Look here. When he sent you a message, no, man. And not one simple thing. He just going on and on and on. As you can see, I did not even respond to him. You see it, eh? I'm not responding, dude. One book. You know what? Shall we call him this morning? Let's call him this morning. Because he needs to stop with all these fake accounts and all this kind of foolishness. Because he's starting to get on my nerves. And you know what people start to get on my nerves? You know, I'm really going to have to put this little boy in his place. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but the person you have called is unavailable. Phone Please disconnected. Phone disconnected. Oh, request the opportunity to have a face to face conversation. Let's have a conversation this morning, son. Please couldn't place call. This number is not registered in WhatsApp. Oh, he don't have that number no more. Oh, you see that? I've never even seen this message before. And all my years using WhatsApp, I've never seen that message. So he no longer has that message, that phone number. Please, I'm begging you to have this conversation with me. If you're going to ruin my reputation, no, you did that yourself, and character, and have caused me for the first time in my entire life, uh, blah, 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 blah. Well... I guess that is that. You're not going to work a number no more. Probably didn't pay that bill either. Um, let me see here now. Uh, the girlfriend had messaged too. I wonder if she paid her bill. Um, anyway, suffice it to say, get a, get a clue. Nobody not paying you no money. 
You're not going to be able to bribe any money. Stop messaging people because they have no interest in dealing with you. Okay. My God. <sighs> I don't know what to say. He has tried every angle except doing the right thing. I mean, the thing that would be so simple to do is just pay bills. He's tried everything else but that. Imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, look like the number's disconnected now. Um, oh, here's the girlfriend. Is she still around? They even went as far as having Montessori reach out like, oh, we're suing them for school fees, but we didn't want anybody to know. Well, that's too bad for you because it's a public document. Let's see. This number does not subscribe to a voice mailbox service. <laughs> okay. Uh, damn. Mm -mm. Hmm. Oh, well. Nobody, I got a working. Nobody, I got a working phone anymore. Oh well. I tell you what, Rashid, cut it out. You continue down this road, it's not gonna end good for you. Poor him. Ah, all right, folks. Irvin said he was listening. He probably left Cayman and ran away. <clears throat> Um, he all oh, heard he left Cayman. What did I tell you? Kaboom! Look at me, my psychic powers. Kaboom! Heard he left Cayman, so he's overseas doing all this foolishness, creating fake accounts and doing the most. Rashid, um, I don't care where you're gone, you know. You make me have to do another story on you about how you're trying to bribe people and bribe CMR and all this kind of stuff. And, and that will be up on the internet too. And wherever you're hiding out and wherever you're trying to work, they're going to have access to that information. All right, folks. It's a brand new year. What can I say? I was hoping to go all of February without having to... Um, somebody say he's probably gone back to the UK because that's where he was before. I was hoping to... Go all of, all of January, sorry, without having to have a pop-off Friday segment. But anywho, here we are. Made it through halfway through the month. Ay, ay, ay. Make you question the quality of his degree and how he got it, says this person. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, an LLC does not exist in the Cayman Islands. Working from home today and can't get F done. Too busy listening to Ma Road. <laughs> ah, another person says... Uh, yes, he's the brother of Eve, high voltage. Yeah, we, we mentioned that before. No, no, nothing new. Um, all right, folks. That's what we got for you. Um, somebody says um, he's not only a scammer, but he's greedy. Greed is like salt water. The more you drink, the more you get thirsty. Oh, I like that. That's a good quote, honey chow. Uh, if he can come up with that money, he can go pay the school the school fees. What a fool. Yeah, right? $600,000? Mm-hmm. $695,000 he claimed. He probably done lost that house with his shenanigans. Folks, the formula is very, very simple. Keep your nose clean. Be about your business. 
CMR is not in the business of getting people's business for no reason. We don't care. Go out there and live your best life. But when you put yourself in the public domain, you're out in the streets fighting worse than cats and dogs, right? You beat up your boyfriend, you beat up your girlfriend, stabbing up people. You end up in the penal court system. You end up in the civil court system. You end up in the family court system. A lot of that is in the public domain. And so then you allow the community to get in your business. Take a chill pill, relax yourself, and then we have no business being in your business. Understand what I'm saying? It's it's so simple. The formula is very, very simple. So in 2024, hashtag goals, some of y'all need to make it hashtag I won't be in CMR for the year. That should be your biggest goal. It's as simple as that. All right, folks. Appreciate you all listening in. Please have yourselves an absolutely fantastic weekend. We say it every week, but I know half y'all not paying attention. No drinking and driving. No, you know, getting yourself in all kind of trouble out there with the law. Please do your best to, you know, follow the law as much as you possibly can. Yes? To me, it's so simple, but I know some of y'all finds it hard. All right. See y'all on Monday, hopefully. Um, Aliano says being on CMR is my biggest fear. <laughs> oh, God. But it's so easy not to be. Just behave yourself. How hard can that be? That is so funny, though, Aliano. That really made me laugh. All right, folks. Um, That's what we got. We're going to out Rashad today. We'll do a story on it about his shenanigans because God knows. Y'all, Lord. All right, Miss Donna and everybody else. Class is now dismissed. Go out there and be safe and have fun this weekend. Just don't drink and drive. Keep our streets as safely as you possibly can. As safe as you possibly can. All right. Until Monday morning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 